Hello and welcome to Go for Bronze, episode 31. On this week's show, we talk about PlayStation announcing an upcoming showcase, Overwatch 2 fails to deliver on its PvE mode, and a new video game award show is revealed. I'm one of your co-hosts, Joel Torres, and as always with me is Mark Ace Acevedo. Yo, how's everyone doing? Everybody's doing great, Mark. We're all doing great out here. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing okay. Um, Work's been a little rough this week, but, you know, it's work. It's it's kind of what it innately is, but I've I've been doing pretty okay. Yeah, how about, I mean, how about you? I I would say I'm good. I I mean, similar similar stuff. You know, work is work. On a positive note, they're having a event, kind of like another party on uh, uh, in June, and we're gonna be. It's at like a big arcade, and so I'm oh, really shit. excited for that. Is it like a? Is it at um? What's the one that we like? Monster. It's, this one is gonna be at main event. Oh, I've heard of that. I've never been there though. It's like yeah, you have. Is that the one that I drive that we went to get uh, like gin and tonics before we saw Uncharted? Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, that's, that's great. That's the one. I think that exact location is the one that we would be going to. But I was like, you know, that sounds fun. Sounds like a good time to mingle with the coworkers, show off some gaming skills. You know, obviously hoping that they have a couple of machines I could be nasty on and just shit on everybody. Yeah, so that'll be a really fun time. I thought I thought that was cool, but besides that, you know, work is work. Um, but besides that, I mean, I'm feeling good. You know, moving moving is a is a stressful thing. So we, did we announce on the last podcast that you have a place to live? I think, I we, think did. we did. I believe we did. So now the process is kind of starting to happen, where uh, packing up is coming to fruition. My walls in here are getting bare, getting stuff off of the shelves. I packed up all of my consoles except for my PS5 and my Wii U. Funny enough, I'm playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze with Liz and we're loving it. So those are the two systems that I have out. I packed away all of my other classics and stuff. And Joel, your PS3, I still have out. I'll make sure to give that to you sometime soon. And some other general, you know, kind of checklist things, getting utilities turned on at the other place. Uh, Spectrum, beautiful thing with Spectrum is that you can so i'm getting shafted right now. i think i'm getting absolutely hosed for 80 a month and i don't even think the internet's that good here and they raise it out like they raise it ten dollars every year which is total bullshit so what we did was liz first time account owner she called them and basically set up internet for the new place under her name locked it in at a 50 dollar rate which is great and she did her finessing you know because when she was on the line with the person oh you know what's the reason are you are you a first-time account user? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm moving here by myself. Nobody else will be using it, yada, yada, yada. So they, like, locked in the rate. So really happy about that. I mean, it's a little, it's not a huge reduction, but, like, that is, like, $300. Yeah, $30 a month is nice, you know? Yeah, so that that was really cool. And then I'm just really excited to move to the new place. I think it's really nice, excited to have a, a game room. I feel like that's one of those even though I would say when I was younger that we technically did have like media rooms in my houses growing up, but I think having like an adult, my own game room feels like a, I don't know, feels like a kind of like nice achievement. You want to be the guy that makes the TikToks where he's like gaming after work and he has like a light up display and all that like pink and mm-hmm. purple shit. And then you just like grab the controller and pass out on the controller. You're like, we're old. We can't have fun. Yeah. I mean, that is that is how it goes. That is how it goes sometimes. Sometimes you're fun. But I, I honestly, I know you, you're downplaying the gaming setups. I mean, in the most recent place that you lived with your parents, 
the gaming setup was fine because it was just mm. mainly your room. But in Summerport, that shit was cool as fuck. Mm, I liked that. that little, like the little, like you had, because you also had like the pull-out bed thing. You had the big, ch- the chairs, the table. I thought it was a great setup. The only problem is you couldn't get too loud. That was the thing. I would say from a aesthetics standpoint, it looked cool. Yeah, I guess from an, an aesthetic standpoint, it did look cool. But I really didn't like that setup because it was just out in the open and you couldn't like staying up late to play games and just have one of the parents be like, yo, take your ass to sleep. So it was <laughs> annoying in that sense. I didn't really like it. I much prefer to have it either in my personal room or growing up or I mean, as an adult, it doesn't matter. I can stay up as late as I want. But the game room you pay the consequences be, yeah exactly the game room should be cool and the whole like making a tiktok being like oh we're old and we fall asleep i kind of i feel like recently i've had the total opposite thing where i will want to stay awake so much to like play and it'll almost be hard for me to go to sleep because i'm like if i go to sleep i have to work tomorrow i feel that i definitely and that 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 bites me in the ass but that is definitely how i operate especially now with the watching these playoff games fucking st- first of all miami heat play today they're, they're an eastern conference team they're on the eastern time zone and boston they're playing boston they're both eastern conference teams eastern time zone why the fuck is there an eight thirty tip off i mean it benefits me now because i'll be able to catch like the second half of the game but mm-hmm. like and now I got to stay up till 1130 to fucking watch this game. It thankfully does work with the Western Conference teams. They start a little bit earlier. So you're actually able to watch it. I was able to watch Liberon get his ass kicked by the Joker, which mm-hmm. you have those Joker cards. They're going hot right now, I bet. Yeah, probably. I don't actually have that many Joker cards. But um, but yeah, so back to just to be the staying up. I want to stay up late to like watch these playoff games and I end up and like before when it was like back to back games, you would be staying up to like 1:30 finishing a game. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you know, you go to bed and you and then you're like, let me add like 10 minutes to my alarm. Let me give me like, give myself an extra 10. And then mm-hmm. uh, you always feel like shit when you wake up. Yeah. How are you sleeping these days? Oh, horrendous. Oh wait, I'm not sleeping too well at all. Actually, um on Monday I woke up in the middle of the night and threw up all over the place. Woke up throwing (laughs) up or like woke up and then threw up. So I woke up to like the, you know how you get like the pre-taste of like the vomit. Yeah. So I woke up to the pre-taste and I was like, oh fuck, like I'm not going to be able to hold. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, you you feel like you're going to throw up, but you're able to control it. But then there's like Mm -hmm. that point of no return. I was like halfway about to throw up in my bed. And then I was like, I got up and then I just puked and, my sink and then i started puking too much where i was like it was building up so i was like i got to transition to the toilet mm. started puking in the toilet and then it was funny because later earlier that day actually me and mark were playing warzone and i was talking about heartburns and i had four slices of pizza and i think that that's i just had like really bad acid reflex and it just resulted in me just like Oof. yeah that's crazy i i mean yeah that was that... a rough way to, to have a monday end yeah that's definitely wild i don't actually think i have I don't think I've thrown up from a non-alcohol related event. <laughs> I don't think I've thrown up from a non-alcohol related event since maybe I was a kid. I would say same for me. I haven't thrown up in a, outside of alcohol in, not in a while, but you know, before I was a little notorious in my youth. I would also say when I was running track, I would have times where I'd throw up, but a lot of those were just water, like straight water and from just, you know, all out exertion. Actually, story time now. I think a, a good a good uh, story from when I was younger was I remember 
I was a you know a little kid, probably like seven or eight, and it was around Halloween time. And you know when you're doing like Halloween trick or treating, you get some like random candy. Shit's probably expired or it's like no name, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. I remember being at a friend's house and eating some Smarties, but they were like chewy, but they weren't supposed to be chewy. Like they were regular Smarties, like you know the ones that people cracked up and like smoked. Yeah, like, who, did, who didn't smoke as much smarty? So it was supposed to be like that, but it was chewy. So I ate it, whatever, right? I'm a little kid. I don't care. And then I think the next day I went to church with my parents and I threw up in the church, <laughs> like all over myself, Chex Mix, like the cereal Chex. That's fucking gross. So I have a very clear memory of like me in my little like suit with like the little shorts and then like just throwing up Chex on myself and then having to be like walked out. And then I threw up a little bit more like on the floor, like in the lobby. <laughs> and then everybody thought you were like possessed by the devil. Yeah, exactly. You're throwing up in church. So I always thought that was a pretty funny one. Yeah, that damn, that's crazy. You really were creating scenes for your fucking parents. I mean, imagine if a kid did that. You had a kid and they did that. Shabby pissed as fuck. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. I remember even now that you're saying that that same friend's house. There was one time where my parents were on vacation Mm-hmm. And I always tell this story with my scars. So on my left arm, I have a ton of cuts on my arm. And what happened was basically I was play fighting with one of my friends and I got pushed into a gumball machine and the glass like went into my arm. But my parents were away on vacation. So I went home to my brother with my arm like all bloody. And he's like, Mark, what the fuck? Like now he's got to take care of it. <laughs> and he doesn't want to do that shit. So like, I, I guess I was always causing a problem. Yeah, I fucking yeah, I definitely remember a few instances of like Justin and Jane like doing something. It's like, what the fuck? Now I gotta like actually like deal with this shit. Like, mm-hmm. I was just completely relaxing, and then they just bought this shit on me. Yeah, you're the one in charge. You're like a teenager, and now you gotta be a parent. I'm like 13 years old. I'm supposed to make like fucking actual adult decisions. It's pretty, it's pretty stressful being like the oldest child. Yeah, but so so for your heartburn, back to that. Do you take? Are you going to take anything for it? Or I, I don't take anything. Are I'm you going to? And I don't you... need to take medicine. Oh, so you're I'm... okay. You're okay with just like throwing up then. <laughs> I'm not okay <laughs> with it. I'm just probably gonna avoid acidic foods, maybe. Maybe I didn't have enough water. There's a lot of things that could have gone wrong that on that day. I feel like it's more like specific to that. But you know, heartburn in general has been like a real thing for me. And I was, you know, I feel old and I am stubborn and don't want to take like gas sacks or tums mm-hmm. for it because I'm like, I'm not old. I don't need to fucking have my daily like medicines it reminds me of like my dad after he like eats every meal he has to like have like a concoction of like like not prescription drugs but like over-the-counter shit yeah there'll be a day where you'll realize like you know what it's okay to be comfortable when i (laughs) go to work or when i travel or anything like that i think i have a little like plastic bag that has like just in case some pills for like headaches if i need them some gas x i think i normally keep some with dayquil nyquil like the not chewables but the like gels Okay. Uh, just in case. So, like, I think those at the moment, those are all I need. I actually don't. I guess an allergy pill. So, I the, daily an allergy pill, and then in case of one of those events, headache pill, maybe Dayquil, Nyquil, maybe Gasex. But Gasex is one for a long time where I was like, I don't need that shit, and then yeah. I I needed it. So then when I needed, I take it. Gasex specifically, I remember like my dad telling me to get that one time, and I was like, What the fuck is Gasex? And you like look at this, you're like, Who needs this? I can eat anything. I'm a child. No, we so. can't. We can't eat anything. Uh, proof of that was me today. 
thank God for standing desks, right? Because last night I had some <laughs> spicy ass Thai food and I did not want to sit down. So, you know, also, yeah, I mean, at the office, you know, got to do what you got to do. Business is business. And then I come back to my desk. I'm not trying to sit down, but I'm not trying to look awkward either. So thankfully there's standing desks. I just move it up. No one's any the wiser. Wow. So you're just holding in the shit all day. Not no, holding in the shit, oh, no, but no, like no. you're feeling the afterburns. Well, so I felt the afterburns because if you eat like Thai food or Indian food, you know that their their hot is a different level of hot. And so this place had mild, medium, hot, and then like, you know, don't order, basically. I ordered mild, and it came with like a little seasoning on the side, and I was like, oh, this is probably like mild seasoning. Fuck it. I'll put it all on top. It was not. It was really hot. It tasted good, but it was really spicy. I should have known something was... I should have known something was up though, because this was a Thai cuisine place completely run by an like Indian people or an Indian family. So mm. I should have knew to expect Indian spice, which in my opinion is the highest level of spice. I definitely concur because I've never seen this before, but I got food from an Indian restaurant and then the levels are normal. Like, you know, you're no spicy, medium, mild, high, spicy, whatever. And then the final thing is Indian spicy. Mm-hmm. That's the spices you can get. And I was like, what the fuck does that? Eat? I was like, I was scared to order. I was like, what the hell does that even mean? No, dude, Indian spice is different. Like that was mild. And I, I thought it was hot. And I think I'm someone who likes spicy food. I think if you're ordering what they consider to be Indian level spice, I think you won't be able to feel your tongue. Like probably but- at all. Like, do they just built up an immunity to it? Like, Probably. do they not get acid reflux? Like, what the fuck? If I ate that shit, I'd like have like, I would be like a spout just throwing up. I feel like they would. I feel like only a slight resistance. I feel like, in my personal opinion, you can't just be resistant to something like that. It's probably just <laughs> maybe you're used to it, it's but it powerful. still hurts, you know? Yeah, just just like most familial relationships. So I think it's used probably, to it, but it just hurts. Probably just something like that. But that was, the, like I said, thank God for standing desks. Thank God for standing desks. But um, before we get into the actual news, which there is a bountiful of news, which I was very happy about. Yeah, the uh, summer's here. About, the summer, summer has, summer is coming. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones. It's a lot of winter is coming. Summer is coming. Anytime Joel says, you know, something like that, of course, we try to not have dirty minds here. But if anyone knows about Charles Barkley on TNT, <laughs> I just can't get this man out of my head. Right. Charles Barkley's fucking hilarious. And if you haven't seen there's there's clips where he always says things out of pocket and Shaq is trying not to laugh and and Ernie is trying to guide the the conversation back on the right path. But uh, Charles Barkley is out here just talking about these young boys, these young boys, they come in. They you know? come in. I mean, yeah, Charles, Charles Barkley is amazing. He's fantastic. But he's honestly the glue. He is. He is what keeps it together. I agree. He yeah. he keeps it. He he must keep everyone on their toes. <laughs> Everybody on their toes. But um. But yeah. No. Summer is coming. The news is coming, and it's going to be starting with this week. But before we hop into that, Mark, what have you been playing? What has been tickling your fancy? Yeah. So I Devil May Cry three. I played another mission of it, and this is definitely my favorite one, no question. So I thought I played four missions. There are 20. I thought the first three were really good, and I knew that this was one that is a fan favorite. I played the fourth level, and the fourth level, I feel like, is when you really get started into the game. So I don't think this is a spoiler, but the basic setup for the game is it's pre- 
the first and second one, you play as like a younger version of Dante and you're basically ascending this tower to get to the top tier brother Virgil. And there's like another villain that I won't like talk about. But the fourth mission is where you actually get into the tower and you first start like navigating it. And this is, I think it's like one of the coolest locations I've seen in terms of like how intricate and detailed it is and devil may cry something they always do really well as bosses so like the way that bosses are going to be woven in and out i'm really excited for and i also met this other character that is like a it's a jester right but i really enjoy it too because joel knows and he is too if someone knows out there the garden it's like this band where they're like jesters basically makes me think of that but this character is really funny so that's really good and there was a boss that I fought in that mission that was really cool too. So Devil May Cry 3 is really awesome. The other game I've been playing, which has been pissing me the fuck off, is Need for Speed Unbound. <laughs> now I have a couple of tangents to go on this, so I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll be detailed. You know, I won't take too long, but there's some important information here. So with Need for Speed Unbound, you can kind of mess up. It's not technically a game where you can fuck up because you can get to the... So the way that it's structured is there's like these four weeks and you do races to get money and you need specific classes of cars for a big tournament at the end of the week. If you don't have enough money or the right car to get in, it'll repeat that last day of the week so you can like make sure you have enough to get into it. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. The thing is, when you're playing the game, you're you start off with a car and you'll be able to win a number of cars throughout the game. But these cars that you can win, you can only win them the one time that you pass them. So if you pass them and you don't win them, what happens is when you finish the game, they might randomly pop up and then you can get them later. But why would you want them randomly, first of all, and then when you're already done with the game? So I was like, okay, well, let me maybe start from the beginning of the game and not buy cars that I know I'm going to win. I did that. And then the first day that I got to an event where I would win a car, I'm still in the first week of the game, which is for B class. The event mm -hmm. to win a car is an A class event. How the fuck would I have an A class car on the third day? So obviously I'm like, okay, well, I already feel like I don't want to continue this. I want to restart. So I did. I haven't actually gone back to start it, but it's frustrating that that's the case. And the reason why I bring this up too is because something with racing games that has been a issue and i i feel like i'm a pretty big racing fan since i was a little kid i really like cars and stuff like that as in gran turismo 7 you can't restart and forza motorsport you can't restart it's this kind of thing with online only games and i get it that it's online only so you can't do it but the thing that's frustrating is a big element of racing games is collecting cars and a lot of times it's collecting them either on like a relay spin or getting it in an event random or something like that. So sometimes you have bad luck, but maybe you want to restart and see what, you know, what your luck is on the next time. You also bought the game. So like, it makes sense if you want to restart it. Yeah. I bring this up because in need for speed, you technically can't do that in the game. You just have to go out to your files and delete to restart. And also I know this might not be a big ticket item, but I wanted to bring it up here. This Lego 2k drive racing game that comes out later this month. It's already been reported that if you it's an online game with cloud saves and if you try to play it in offline, what'll happen is it'll fuck up your online save and then the game will like delete your save and make it almost impossible to like progress. So this is like a racing game like problem. Like I don't understand why 
I mean, I know why they're doing it so that it can be online only so that your purchases can be tracked and so that you can't just like. And also transferable, I think, between like cross play and shit like that. Because you have like a profile trophies, which has fucked me over in terms of Gran Turismo, where I can't actually get the platinum. Not that I was going to get the platinum because it's it's outrageous to get it. But you want the hope to be alive. I want the hope to be alive, but there is no hope because I unlocked a trophy on Gran Turismo while playing it on PS4. And the apps have this. It's the same save file that just transfers over between PS4 and PS5. So if you unlock a trophy on the PS4 version, you're not going to be able to unlock it on PS5 because you've already completed the task to pop the trophy. So therefore, there's no way for me. Like I beat the game on PS4, got the gold trophy for beating it on PS4, but I can't get that trophy on PS5. Like there's nothing I can do. Yeah, and that's very frustrating. I agree that the helplessness feels weird. And I, I think something I was talking to Joel kind of off air is that if it's a situation where it's a free to play game, I almost feel more I like more willing to be like, OK, well, that's just the rules that have been set up by them. And that's to make money. Yeah, sure. That makes sense to me in a free to play scenario. But when it's a full purchase game and you pay 70 for it. I feel like the idea that you can't even restart it is almost a little bit ridiculous. It's like, what are you, what are you really buying? I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing where it's racing games. Such a huge part of them is like starting over, starting from scratch and becoming like, you know, a millionaire, getting your garage and all that stuff. And it's not fun in any racing game when you're broke and you have a shitty car (laughs) and then you can't win a race. And then it feels like, you can't get anywhere. What are you going to do a shitty race a hundred times so you can afford a better part? Like that's not fun. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And then also on top of that, racing games no longer focus on anything single player. Like the whole idea behind every racing game now is like, Oh, it's multiplayer. Da da da. You race with your friends, create your own fun. And like, instead of making like, even though the stories I sent Mark, uh, an Instagram reel that was like all the old PlayStation two, classic racing games like the need for speeds midnight club and the it was just highlighting the soundtracks but those games were all made specifically to be single player games obviously there wasn't like the same online infrastructure as there is now but they had like you know how loose of the story it was at least there was like a purpose to doing things it's literally now every racing game like you have a, a shitty car race other people to buy more cars and better cars mm. like that's the story there's like no like i mean need for speed unbound does try to do it which is also kind of cool a little bit of a throwback but having like an actual somewhat narrative but i feel like that's really missing in a lot of racing games now there's no like personality it's more like i'm playing this racing game i'm just driving cars in it yeah i agree i think it is hard to i think another big component to it is that something that we've seen with games more and more with live service and battle passes and monetization and stuff like that is you have a lot more of this incentive from the developer to make it a little bit more work-like and make it less like Mm -hmm. a game and an economy in racing games is really important like you need the right payouts for events you need okay when do you win a car what kind of car can you win and that kind of stuff and something i've noticed in racing games just in general like recently is that they are not going to give you cars because that why would they do that you can spend real money to get money in the game and then the payouts are way worse than they ever were in any racing game Gran Turismo like, 5 you used to make like millions of dollars off of like three races well yeah Gran Turismo and first of all any Gran Turismo used to be you would finish cups and then be awarded either a car or a ticket to spin for a car now 
you get those tickets, but some of those tickets don't even give you cars. And even if they do, there's going to be other options. You probably aren't going to end up with a car. And the payouts were really bad for a really long time. And the events don't actually like cycle out and give you good rotating events to win a lot of money. Now, even other racing game series like Need for Speeds, Need for Speeds for a really long time were basically you would have cars that you can buy and then you have cars that you can meet like a certain criteria, maybe do like all the billboard collectibles or something else. And you would win it along with pink slip racing, other racers and winning cars like throughout the, the pace of the game, midnight club three, another game where when you did tournaments and races, you would win cars, but you would also have a ton of cash and something that midnight club did, which I'll never forget is when you, and this is all of them. I, I think actually, well, Two of them were the ones that you could actually like buy cars. One and two were unlockable through like you would just play the story and unlock each car. Okay. In that club three and Los Angeles, you and you were playing the game, you would win money and then you would win cars. And as soon as you beat the game, you would have unlimited money in every car, <sighs> which makes sense. You're you just beat the game like that is you think anyone but back gonna... in the day games weren't like they weren't predatory. They weren't trying to exactly. just become like your whole life. They but... were like. Midnight Club, you played it for like 15 hours, 20 hours at the most, and you had a good fucking time. And it's it was awesome. And, you know, Midnight Club Los Angeles strikes me as one where like that was during the online era. Mm-hmm. So, That's the PS3 one, right? Yeah. I, I never just, played that one. That one was awesome. Does that I one have trophies? One. Yeah, but it has online trophies, too. <sighs> Motherfucker. Yeah. I was like thinking about playing that because I know you're going to give me my PS3 recently. And I was like thinking, I was like, what do I want to play on PS3? That one's really good. Hey, I never played that one, so honestly, that might be that might be a nice little trip down memory lane. Mm-hmm. And then Warzone, we played a little bit. I've had a glorious victory. Me and Joel pushed pushed the side of the airway, you know, cleared. Just steamrolled a whole team. Had twenty two kills as a team. Not just me and Joel, of course. Shout out to uh, Big Dog Joe and my brother alex but the whole team collectively had 22 kills it was very good first game back in a while they contributed three they contributed three but i can still give but you a could, shout out i mean you contributed 13 so you did most of the heavy lifting i only had six kills so you know yeah i mean well what's, of... what's new you know all right relax i mean I, i've led <laughs> i've led in kills i also haven't played the game in like forever you've been fucking grinding over here for the last two weeks so let's relax uh, i would say like last couple of days if we're being last honest. two weeks you've been last two weeks well it you've couldn't been be last two, it couldn't be last two weeks because ranked came out on wednesday which would just be one week this ago. wednesday one week yeah damn time is fucking a flat circle i mean yeah time is going <laughs> crazy that's what i'm saying what have you been playing um, Warzone, obviously, and then um, just some Wolfenstein Old Blood, fun throwback game. Um, I forgot the in-depth uh, nightmare missions that are like the old school Wolfenstein, and I was playing those, and I I don't know about you, but it feels a little jarring because he's not pixelated and his movement is still like the regular game. So I was like getting a little motion sickness, like sliding and shit, because I'm like, this game is not supposed to control like this smoothly, so it, like kind of fucked me up a little bit. But I, I love those little nightmare missions. I think that that's a really cool touch. And like I think a really cool and unique way that Wolfenstein always shows love to its predecessors. I, I, I love that. It's been in, mm-hmm. That's in all three Wolfenstein machine games. And does, Doom does that, right? The new Dooms do something similar or no? The new Dooms do. Yeah, they do something similar. 
Yeah, I think that that's awesome. That's a great way to like pay homage to where they came from, like giving people that are old, still old school fans that a little taste of like what it used to be like. But then, you know, obviously having the modern trappings of like what it is now. Old Wolfenstein, I think, is like fun. I've played the old Wolfenstein many times through, but old Dooms, I fucking love something about the way that the levels are designed and the creature placement and just like the whenever you finish an episode and it gives you like this big paragraph like that the story is just like in between episodes they would give a big paragraph of like doom guy is going to hell and like man those old ones are are but those old ones are like iconic to my childhood i definitely like grew up on those games I was like, yeah, while I was playing like the old nightmare missions and Wolfenstein, I was like reminiscing on like when we would do the co-op for I don't even know what Doom it was. I think it was one or two. I think it was one. I think it was one. One was the one that I think I actually got the whole platinum, which is I'm very proud of two. I'm close to it. But two, I think we would also have to do co-op. But two is harder for sure. Yeah. And those games are fun. Even like now, just playing them co-op like they are like just just unique in like a mm-hmm. in their art styles it's like still so strong even though it's like pixelated in games from like almost what 30 years at this point mm-hmm. they still just hold up yeah it's such a cool and like the music and so i also always loved the music was just like chiptune versions of like real metal songs which i always thought was cool and i don't know how they got away with that from like a mm-hmm. copyright perspective because if you listen to like pantera like five minutes alone by pantera like the iconic riff from that song is in like a doom level but obviously it's not the song like i don't know how they did that maybe like a parody law or some shit like that yeah maybe what's by the by the way let's just take a stop here what's do you know what's new for doom like is there going to be a new doom game what does it said anything about what they're making i know machine games is fucking around with indiana jones Actually, no, I don't think it has said anything on what they're working on. I don't know if they would do another. I don't know if it makes sense for them to do another Doom. With how it ended? Yeah, exactly. Like the. Now, to be fair, actually, I need to play the expansions. Now, I did love Eternal and played the shit out of it, but I haven't played the expansions and I have them. So I, I need to play those expansions to see actually where it left off at. But I haven't heard it talk about I haven't er- heard it talk about what they're working on at all at the moment. But I mean, who knows with all of these like games fest and stuff like that, maybe we'll hear something. Doom Eternal came out in 2020. So that's what I was asking. There's been a there's been a decent amount of time since the release. Maybe mm-hmm. not to like have something ready right out the gate, but like at least a little little something. Dude, Doom Eternal is so good so good oh my god it's ridiculous like it's you know how you're you're just saying the the and i think doom 2016 is really good by the way but i don't think it's even close to as good as eternal is yeah you're saying like with the classic games how they're really even now they're very iconic in their art style and just the way that they design certain things doom Mm -hmm. eternal has that like time and time again like there were multiple levels where i remember just like standing and looking at stuff and being like it's so creative for them to just like think of like this is how they would make a level yeah no i played it a little bit and i enjoyed it but i don't know doom never it never stuck with me i tried playing 2016 multiple times i tried playing eternal multiple times i don't know it's just something it's just a disconnect for me i think there is a certain Mm -hmm. level of difficulty that does push me away and you do have to play 
and you have to play it kind of at a frenetic play- pace. And I think I never understood like the rhythm of Doom. Where, I, like Wolfenstein is a lot more slower and more my pace because like I can just like pick guys off and then slowly go through. But Doom has like a pace and like it encourages you to be aggressive to like get ammo and get your health. And I, oh yeah, I just I love it. It just it's just I don't know. It's just a disconnect with me. But I, I would I would love to jump back into it because I know they did the PS5 version and that runs at 120 frames. Yeah, and the game runs fantastic too. But yeah, Doom you have to rip and tear, right? Like that's basically ripping and tearing. That's like the tagline. And Wolfenstein, yeah, is going to be cover shooting and stuff. That Doom is you have to even the old ones you have to be moving all the time, be moving mm-hmm. top speed. And the new ones are really fun in the sense of like you're saying you do kind of have to get a rhythm of them, but getting into that flow of switching out which weapon to use per enemy and resource management of, I don't know. A lot of button usage. Yeah. And I don't use a lot of different shit. I don't remember exactly what the, which ones do what because I haven't actually played eternal since 2020. So it's been three years. So if I get one of these wrongs, like, I mean, eat me. Right. But the, you know, when you need ammo, you either have to use, it's like you have the flames or you have a chainsaw. So like to get ammo or health, you have to use those and they recharge at like a certain clip and you have mm-hmm. your grapple hook and you're like, I don't know. I think it's so fun, but yeah, it's, it's super top speed. And I think doom plays into my, me enjoying stuff like Sifu and like other fighting games and returnal of just like really fast avoiding projectiles. And while also keeping a rhythm, I think that's why I like I like, you know, Sifu with specific combos or Returnal with making sure you reload at a certain time while avoiding all that stuff. So Yeah, it, Returnal it is, also is like that too. That that kind of thing is super, super up my alley. Yeah, and I just also wanted to give a shout out while we're here in the games, like talk about what we've been playing. Uh Humanity, big mm-hmm. release in terms of being like a third party indie collab with PlayStation and being launched on PlayStation Extra. Got some great reviews out there. And so IGN gave it a nine. I think overall getting a pretty solid re- feedback. Just wanted to shout that out. I am interested to play that and I will definitely talk about that next week. But I haven't really gotten time to play much this week. So I only really played Wolfenstein and uh, Warzone with you yesterday. Or not yesterday, mm-hmm. Monday. Yeah, I only played like uh, the one mission of Devil May Cry, which is like maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, but Pam is going out to Asheville this weekend. So I'm going to have the... I'm going to have my weekend back. I'm going to be a bachelor mode and just be able to play video games all day. Oh, yeah. Maybe not too bachelor mode. Yeah, not too bachelor easy. mode. Yeah, Relax. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything crazy. Relax. Damn. I think I said I think I said I had a bachelor. I'm going to have a bachelor weekend, too. And she, I, she gave me the same response. It's like, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, I just get yeah, to be a bum is yeah. basically what I'm saying. You got to be specific nowadays, you know? I know you got to be specific nowadays, but I just mean... In case she's hearing this, I just mean to be a bum and play video games all day and have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not saying you're but wrong. I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm not saying you're right. What are you saying? I'm saying that I'm going to be able to play video games in peace. Fantastic. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, but that's all we've, what we've been playing this week. Let's hop into the topics. And the biggest topic of the show, the one we're going to start off with is PlayStation has finally announced a showcase that will highlight Sony's future lineup next week. Um, Sony has announced it is hosting a PlayStation showcase online next week to show off upcoming titles for its platforms. According to the PlayStation blog, the presentation will air on Wednesday, May 24th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. 
uh, Western time and will feature not only new titles from PlayStation Studios, but announcements from third-party publishers and indie studios. Games featured will be for both PlayStation 5 and PSVR 2. The broadcast will be just over an hour and be streamed on YouTube and Twitch. The length and choice of PlayStation Showcase over the usual State of Play branding suggests this may be a bigger presentation than usual. And before I hand it off to you, Mark, I'll have actually a listener kick it off. Crooked Raccoon wrote, Howdy, gents. Sony will f- Sony has finally spoke. After a year of silence, how excited are you for the upcoming showcase? And what are your expectations in regards to announcements? So right before that, I want to give uh, uh, I want to commend you on your excellent hosting. When you were reading the time and you said 4 p.m. Eastern and then you said 1 p.m. Western, I've never heard somebody say Western time. I mean, I know that, you know, it's, it's specific, specific time, but I just thought it was so incredible. Like I, I was like, that's amazing to yeah, just like, that's what you got to do. You got to just say it and go with it. And I love that. I was like, what the fuck? It's not it's not <laughs> Western time, but I'm just going to say that because everybody's going to know exactly what I meant. But it is yes, 1 p.m. specific time. My bad. No, but that was awesome. <laughs> now, so to answer the write in question. Yeah. So we are extremely excited about this i actually was talking with a coworker about it earlier today and he kind of i guess got me ready for the show so thank you to him for that he asked me both what i was expecting and then what my things that i'm hoping for but don't expect to hear are so if it's cool with you i'll read both of those that i have so what i have here in no specific order is i think this will be what the show what's at the show one of these I will actually take out due to some news that we will talk about later. So what I had in here is my educated guess in no particular order is I think we will see the Ghost of Tsushima sequel. I think we will Ooh. see Spider-Man 2. We'll see oh, Mortal yeah. Kombat 1, which that's the one which I would take out now because there we'll talk about it later. But Warner Brothers has gone ahead and they're actually going to show it at a separate date. So more on that later. Pucks. I said Last of Us Factions. Definitely. Twisted Metal. Yeah. Silent Hill 2. And then I Let said there will be two to three new IPs. You have now, any? Oh, so new IPs. From new who, IP. though? I don't have specifics. I just think there will be okay. two to three new IPs. Now, in terms of what I want to hear, but I don't think we will hear, I have a new Naughty Dog game, not Factions. Either, part know, three. either Part 3 or the other new IP that they're working on. So one something from Naughty Dog that's not Factions. The other thing I have is what Sony Santa Monica is working on past God of War Ragnarok. The I'm so excited. Um, other ones that I have is Max Payne remasters or a new one because we know that Rockstar is working with Remedy on mm-hmm. the Max Payne remasters, which I'm I I really I'm a huge fan of Max Payne three, so I would be really happy to play those old ones and. I think that it would be cool for them to do a new one. And I feel like that's kind of on brand with this, like when we do reboots and whatever, and maybe there'll be a new one. So that was another one. Judas from 2K to either hear a release date or just more about it, the game from Ken Levine. And then the other ones that I have in here is uh, actually, we already spoke about it, is I put in here a new game from id because I want to know what they're working on. And then the other two. 2K... But that's Microsoft, so that's not going to be there. Yeah, that's true, but. I mean, I that's true, but I also don't know what the fuck is really going on with like exclusivity and the, what they're going to end up doing. Yeah, like the way that that is 
but that's it's a fluid situation definitely i would say that's more of an oversight on my end though honestly when i wrote that just in conversation so i still i think you're right i don't think we would see that and then the other thing i had was mafia 4 and the new bioshock from cloud chamber but so so a little bit of 2k love there again it's it's important to remember like there's there first of all there's so much out there that we me and joel hear about and cover like little snippets on over time that it's really hard for me to think of off the top of my head what is actually out there and what i want to hear of like i just spoke about all those there is no way we're actually having the showcase and not seeing more of death stranding too i didn't write that down but that'll definitely be there you don't know if it will I can see because cause Hideo really likes Keely. I can see that being like a as a, a Keely special, That's like true. a summer showcase, I, I, just based on relationship alone. And will we see Wolverine? I don't know. I no, I don't think so. I don't think you will not because Spider Man is not out yet, so they don't want to diverge on what Insomniac's like branding is to like the world. Mm-hmm. Stellar Blade, maybe. Stellar Blade, I think Stellar Blade has to be there. I need mm-hmm. to know when the fuck this game comes out. But for me, I think a game uh, that can get like re, re like re um Show. reintroduced, reannounced is Pragmata. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard nothing about that. That would be lovely to see. I also agree with you that there's definitely going to be a Judas showing. Also because um on Sacred Symbols, Colin Moriarty's PlayStation podcast, the PlayStation Godfather mm-hmm. himself. Uh, he on his on the Patreon, they recently just announced or they released a episode that's like an interview with Ken Levine. Mm. And I feel like the timing of that is just a little weird because they've been holding on to the interview as well. Mm. So I feel like that's a little like a little signal that Judas is going to be talked about again. So I think it's definitely going to be at the showcase. And then also, I think we're going to see what is next in the uncharted series yeah that's a good call that's because that was a teased in february with that whole live action like uh you know the live action like news events that were like the playstation games and we saw like what seems to be like Mm -hmm. the ending of uncharted 4 repercussions or not repercussions play out what the situation that was presented to us at the end of uncharted 4 don't want to spoil it if you haven't beat it but that seems like that's going to be true so I think that those three things are definitely going to be there in terms of what I would want to be there. I think I really do want to know what Naughty Dog's making next. And I also do want a hard release date on factions. I don't want fucking Windows. I don't want a year. I need like August 16th mm-hmm. or like September. Or something like, well, not probably not September because Spider-Man is September. But I think that's something that I would really like to see. And I think needs to kind of be there. I agree. I think factions is taking a while, especially when you consider it is branching off of a game that came out in 2020. So, yeah, they've had a lot of time. And also with this showcase, I really don't think we're going to see any fruits from the Havens, the Fire Sprites. Definitely not deviation after Mm -hmm. what we're going to talk about after this. So like the whole live service thing, I feel like that could be kind of a surprise. Maybe somebody else's another studio has like a smaller party or smaller team uh, set aside. It's making a live service game, but I don't think we're going to see anything really new from those new recently purchased studios. I think it's going to be mainly single player kind of content. I was going to say from a multiplayer perspective, I could see us seeing multiplayer horizon. 
Yeah, I wonder how far in development that is. But yeah, if it's if it's far along, I wouldn't put it past them. Mm-hmm. I think that the see one of the one of the most exciting things about this is that since we well, what's up? I was gonna say, do you think the only thing that could be negative? Do you think we're gonna get any Sony's pictures bullshit? Maybe updates on movies and TV shows. I think that would kind of suck. Well, I mean, so that. we know that we know that there's gonna be we know that they're gonna be showing PS5 stuff and PSVR2 stuff. Which I'm excited. What I don't know what that really could be, honestly. I don't either, but I really don't like for this. I really don't want that to take a lot of time. It's not that I don't care about VR, but it's that like it's over an hour though. If it's so, okay. if it's an hour and fifteen, and the hours dedicated to PS5, fifteen to PSVR two, are you okay with that? I think sure. An hour needs to be. I think an hour needs to be spent at least on PS5, and then if they want to do an hour thirty, hour forty, whatever, you could do whatever. But the an hour needs to be on the main console. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. It just depends how it's all broken up, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. it is a showcase, so it's not a state of play. But I'm not going to act like they didn't do a state of play where 30 minutes was dedicated to Suicide Squad. That yeah, that was rough. So but those, they have they have a few of those. They do those marketing state of plays. They but, did with Ghost of Tsushima, Death Loop. Yeah, so I just don't. I think basically what I'm trying to say is the last showcase that we had, I feel like was similar in length, but didn't have any VR stuff. So if it's going to be similar in length, but including VR stuff, I just don't want it to push too much into over on the PS5 side. But regardless, I think VR, VR might be only introduced in like a hybrid form, too. I don't I could see where they don't even have like a maybe like one or two standalone mm-hmm. VR announcements, but like. They could be throwing that VR in there as like, oh, it's a hybrid game. It's playable in VR. That's true. I could definitely see that, too. One of the most exciting things about it is just that I don't know really what to expect, which is like we talk about a lot of games come out now that we already know what to expect before we play them. So they're not as exciting. But this showcase is really exciting because I don't know what they're going to show. They could like these new studios. They could show stuff from them. I don't know how far along they are. Also, how are you? Are you watching this like live? I'm obviously going to be at fucking work, so I can't watch this. So this is going to be on the 24th, which is a that's a Wednesday. Oh, wait, I don't. Oh, wait, I work next weekend so I can take a half day and I can do my half day Wednesday and then we can meet up in person. And so fuck this one is Wednesday. I believe that I will. I will be working, so I'll either have to. Well, I mean, you could just watch it later in the day. That's true. It's not as good later in the day. It's not as good later. You want to watch it live. You want to be there fresh. Yeah. Before IGN can ruin it. If we want to watch it fresh, then we can watch it Wednesday. I can move some things around. Okay. I can make that my half day, too, because I work next weekend. I think that is worth it. Hell yeah. I'm excited. It'll be a really good time. Oh, yeah. I'm really I'm definitely really excited for that, too. When I heard over an hour long, I was like, that's all I fucking needed. Because I thought they were going to be like showcase and be like 40 minutes. I'll be like, I'm going to be fucking pissed if it's like that. That'll be good, too, actually, because if it's on a Wednesday, we could hang out and watch that. And if you want, I'll have keys to my new place so we could go look at the new place after. Oh, shit. Yeah, that'd be cool as fuck. So I think it'd be cool to look at that before we put all this stuff in it. But all right. Yeah, so that'll be great. I'm already really excited for next week. I mean, this is it's like so I just I love that it just came out of nowhere. They just like I just. That's when that I, PlayStation big dick energy. That's true. When I saw it, I texted Joel like all caps. Was so fucking <laughs> excited. Oh man, uh, yeah. This is this is what we've been. I mean, the, if you listen to the show, this is what we've been like, kind of saying. We just need to hear from Sony finally, and this is them finally speaking. I think they kind of can sense the 
the tremors out there. It's like it's like when you're watching a live sporting event and the home team had a big lead and then the lead's getting cut and then the crowd has murmurs and there's just like an uneasiness. Mm. We just want to know what the fuck's going to happen. And I feel like they I feel like they, they played it out a little too long because the uneasiness has been there, I think, since like probably like November. Yeah. But then now we're finally going to be. The thing is, though, there's a lot of pressure on them. So this has a lot of expectations and a lot of hype. So it could also be a double edged sword. I agree that there is a lot of pressure. This has to be a banger. So I agree that there's a lot of pressure on them, but PlayStation is in a fortunate position where they really could come out and show faction Spider-Man and they could really come out. I could actually see this. I could see them coming out and showing factions Spider-Man two and then goes to Tsushima and then maybe just like teasing and or showing a little bit of what we already know about, and they probably mm-hmm. would still be okay, and people would be st- still crazy excited. People would be hyped, but yeah, I would and be a little disappointed. Oh, no, I would be too. But I'm saying that they're in a position where like the general public would be satisfied with that. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how they're going to handle Plus, because this is the first time they've done a showcase where Plus is, has this Game Pass kind of catalog which they've always had now, mm-hmm. but plus is now more they're they're like adopting it. They're making it much more of the brand by even incorporating it into plus because like Xbox always has like its showcase and then it's like 10, 15 minutes about here's Game Pass and this is what's coming. Da, 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 da. But I don't I wonder how PlayStation is going to handle it. I, I can see them not spending any time in it on it at all and maybe mentioning it if they show like an indie that's coming to it day mm-hmm. one. That's a, yep. but but. I wonder how they're going to handle that. I was going to say, I think they'll spend zero time on it in terms of just like discussing it, but I think we will see. My guess is there will be at least one game that they show. And then in the final splash screen, it will say available day one on plus. I think that will definitely happen. Yeah, I I agree. But yeah, I just, I just can't wait for next week. So before we get off of that topic, I wanted to ask you a similar question that was asked to me. Is there, is there anything in your mind that you can think of that you're like, I want to hear about this, but I don't think it's possible to hear about it? Sly Cooper 5. That's a good one. I think that's a good one. Sly Cooper 5. Because I think it's possible. And I, or I, I would love to hear it. I don't think it's going to happen, but like, why couldn't Sanzaru make another one? They ended the I think last Sanzaru, one. I think Sanzaru is now like owned by Meta and makes like VR shit. Mm. So... So they probably won't, but uh, Sly Cooper 5 and then also a little PS3 remaster or remake throwbacks with infamous collections and resistance collections. I would love that. I mean, if we were really going and the fun part is, is that this is the time to just go crazy with it. I mean, a new Midnight Club, I would go. I I mean, yeah, that's that's fucking insane. I, I would lose my shit if they should. And Midnight Clubs always have such like a fucking baller energy to them you know it's always like some chromed out 26 inch rim coming up with some like blasting like hip-hop music this shit would be so awesome the fucking game had dub edition which is like a rim like a rim company which is Mm -hmm. awesome another thing uh that could be at the showcase i saw murmurings we didn't write it down here but gta uh Mm -hmm. gta 6 they said that could be released within a year so that could be revealed that is true. We're going to go into that more later in the show. The reason why I wanted to just kind of put it in in a little bit here too is that that article 
and so we're talking about basically something that was written on IGN. They wrote that mm-hmm. in a slightly deceiving way, I will say, because when they say in the coming year, they mean fiscal year next year, which is April 24 to March 25. So that's not the coming year. That's fucking next year. But even if it came out in 2025, I think it could be revealed here. I agree Less with that. Time. I agree with that. So I think, I mean, I do think it's possible. But that is just, that is definitely deceiving. GTA 5 has definitely shown itself at plenty of PlayStation showcases. I mean, yeah, we've, the, the, uh, <laughs> the PlayStation 5 specific broadcast or of what's it called? What are these called? Showcase. Showcase. The PlayStation 5 specific showcase opened up with GTA 5 mm-hmm. gameplay in a PS5 version. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have a, they seem to have a good relationship with Take Two. So, I also think that it was smart with you saying about uh, Mafia and also the new Bioshock. They have, they have, certain relationships with publishers i think we're going to see square enix and we're going to see capcom i don't know exactly what they're going to bring i hope we don't get another final fantasy 16 trailer or if they do just get it out the fucking way already because I, I i'm excited for the game but like this is not the time for that so i think it's i think it's perfect timing for more devil may cry Ooh. but i don't based on what i and i haven't played it but i think based on what i was reading the way that devil may cry devil may cry five kind of ends i don't know if it would make sense for there to be another one like it ends it ends but i mean there's always a way. everything yeah everything nobody's dead there's always a way but i just feel like it would make sense right resident evil is so strong right now devil may cry five was great like critically acclaimed actually and mm-hmm. i just it's been a couple of years that came out in 2019 or 2020 i think 2019 and then I think in 2020, it got like a special edition. So, I mean, it's been enough time where they don't have to release it, but they could just show it. I mean, I could definitely see that. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we, we can go wherever with this. I wonder also with uh, the new SKU, the rumored like mm-hmm. discless version that you can add a disc to. I think that that, that could be that could make a showing here. Also, there's been rumored they're going to make earbuds like AirPods for your for your thing, which I think is very cool. And I think is would be very useful because mm-hmm. I sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes don't you just want to like pop in AirPods like you don't want to have a whole ass headset on or no, you always want to be strapped in. Yeah, I, I like the headset. I definitely enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I wish I could just listen or have the game audio go through my AirPods. So I think I would be interested in that. Also, apparently the handheld streaming device. So there. It can go a lot of ways. PlayStation has a lot of things to speak on in terms of hardware games. They can go studios. So I think anything is on the table. Controllers. Yeah, exactly. If they, <laughs> I want to... if they do talk about Plus, I would really hope that... I don't need them to say specifics, but I would really hope that they would make some kind of mention of like, on the premium tier, these are the like... We're trying. Like you can expect more PSP games or more PS one games or PS two. Like I would like them to just clearly define a little bit more what that premium tier is for. Cause right now it feels like they started with PS one and PSP and it feels like they've gotten now like kind of fallen back to a point where it's PSP games and just PS three or PS four games that are not even old, but they're just putting them in that tier. So I feel like they're already out of gas when it's like, you didn't really put any, Oh, also, uh they're gonna show metal gear solid one or the three remake oh shit they're definitely gonna show those if they show that i think that would be that would be like a game that would be a game ender that would like 
light the internet on fire. Those are going to be there. This is what I'm saying. Like, there's so there's many a lot. that we just know a little bit about. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I definitely agree. It's it's going to be a fun time. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Next week's show is going to be a doozy. So stay. So you better tune in. But um, so that's all we have. As with news, there's good news and there is bad news. And sadly, at Deviation Studios, there has reportedly been layoffs of up to 90 staffers. The independent tribu- AAA studio Deviation Games has reportedly been hit by layoffs. VGC spotted several members of the team announcing via social media that they have been dismissed from the studio. The layoffs occurred because Deviation Games, quote, recently ran into a difficult situation. Sources told VGC as many as 90 staffers have been affected. Deviations Games was founded in 2021 by former Call of Duty developers, lead Black Ops developer Dave Anthony and Jason Blundell. Jason Blundell, as you know, is obviously tied heavily to the zombies, a va- uh, fan favorite amongst the Gopher Bronze community. And also the st- studio debuted by announcing that they were working with PlayStation on an original IP in September 2022. Deviation announced Blundell had left the studio. So Mark... How do you feel about Deviation? Like, uh, this is what I was talking about, where I don't think we're going to hear a lot from these new studios Sony has purchased. Deviation Studios really doesn't even seem like it's it's much of anything at this point. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what the circumstances are. The additional info I wanted to add on this is that I believe, so zombies, like Joel said, is something that we love and our, our community loves. But from a, when you're, when zombies were kind of like big, Right, you'd have a map come out and then you'd have like these big Easter eggs were the main thing, like where there was almost basically like a main quest on the map. And it was always a world race to see who would complete it first. And a bunch of YouTubers would basically make guides. But it became this thing where they're like YouTubers known and tied to zombies, right? So you have like Noah J456, Waffles. Um, Waffles, right? Mr. Dalek, JC Backfire. The reason why I bring this up is because Blundell had a really good relationship with these guys. But from what I understand, this studio started. Blundell, of course, is one of the founders of this studio. And then I believe that YouTuber JC Backfire was actually hired into this studio too. I don't know if he's still there, but when Blundell left, I know people have asked JC about it, but JC hasn't said anything. I don't believe as to like why Blundell left. So mm-hmm. kind of just odd that Blundell would leave. And then, I mean, being hit with layoff, uh, there's so many companies that are being hit with layoffs, but 90, I don't know how big the team is. If the team's not 90 that sounds big, like a lot. That's the thing. If the team is not that big, that could be a lot. And my first thought there is, when they say recently ran into a difficult situation, it's probably financial, but why wouldn't PlayStation be helping them? Unless PlayStation doesn't really believe in what they're working on. They may not be hitting deadlines to like PlayStation has, you know, it's money on a condition. You got to fucking mm-hmm. deliver a project. So there may be certain conditions they're not hitting to receive funding from PlayStation. And we'll talk about it more later in the show, but I think now more than ever, you get games either... You get games now that don't get announced and then they just get cut. Like they might have heavy investments and then they just don't come out. I think that happens more now than it ever used to. And we always Mm -hmm. hear stories about it now, maybe a couple months after of like, oh, well, there was this game that was in development. It just totally got cut. So like I said, we will hear about some of those later, but that could be the case too, right? I mean, they have PlayStation has a very high quality bar. And so with that, if they don't think that something is working out, I mean, it's better to cut it before it's announced than announce it and then deal with, oh, where is it? So I don't know. I don't know what the what the situation is, but it might just be forward thinking. 
Yeah, and Deviation Studios is this one of these new studios within PlayStation's orbit. They're not in the first party. And it makes you wonder if they're having all these issues. Maybe it's maybe it's a bad sign that PlayStation wasn't in, interested in purchasing them outright because they purchased Haven, they purchased Fire Sprite recently, and they don't, neither of them have a game out, so you couldn't say that that's the reason. So maybe PlayStation knows something's up, and they're kind of distancing themselves. Mm-hmm. I would imagine so. And I mean, I they PlayStation hasn't shown a lot of interest in the first person space. First person yeah. shooter space, I mean specifically. And that I mean, that is what I believe deviation would be making, right? I mean, you have a bunch of Call of Duty vets. So I wouldn't be that surprised if they're working on a first person shooter project and PlayStation is like, well, we never really had that much interest in this anyway. So if it doesn't look like what they want it to be, maybe something happened. But this report isn't saying that a game has been cut. We're just making an analysis on what we think might be happening. Yeah, I mean, recently ran into a difficult situation. It's pretty vague and pretty like eerie. Kind of just sounds like like there may be issues within internally. Within like obviously, there's an issue with the leads. The Jason Bundell, who founded the studio, left last year. So not all, not not heading in the right direction. Hopefully, they can turn it around and get a project out, especially if it's a first person shooter. I know we're devoid of first person shooters, especially in the console space. So. But uh, moving on to more layoffs, uh, CD Projekt lays off 29 staffers at the Molasses Flood. CD Projekt has confirmed a round of layoffs at the Molasses Flood. A spokesperson for CD Projekt said because the project changed, so has the composition of the team. That's working on it, mainly on the Molasses side front. A spokesperson said this concrete number of employees we parted ways with is 21 team members in the U.S. and eight in Poland. This represents half of the Molasses Flood's workforce, as PC Gamer indicated that the team was around 60 people when it started working on the project Sirius last year. CD Projekt acquired the studio for an undisclosed sum in October 2021. This followed the announcement of a wealth of new projects at CD Projekt including Project Series, which was meant to be Molasses Flood's take on the Witcher franchise. Earlier this year, CD Projekt Red financially wrote off the development cost on Project Series, which represents over $7 million in resetting the project. So, it sounds like a similar similar, uh, situation to Deviation, where it's the project is not coming together, and, you know... It hasn't been publicly stated, though, that the project is in any trouble at deviation like they've never actually said where it's at in development they've just said that there has been layoffs and like you said david blundell has left and we don't even know if there's a game honestly jason blundell so yeah we don't know if there's a game or what is the case there but they never officially said what the status is this one on cd project red side is they have said like they're kind of restructuring it going back to the Mm -hmm. drawing board to see what they're going to do with it me personally I'm still kind of one of those, like I would say, junior CD Projekt Red fans where I've played a decent amount of Cyberpunk 2077 and I definitely want to keep playing it. And I'm excited for the expansion because whenever there's something like that, it gives me uh, like a little extra reason to try to hop back into it. But like Witcher 3, I feel like is one of those games that I'll just play little by little and finish like eventually. But in terms of this, like these, they're going to do what? Witcher 1 remake and they're going to do Witcher 4. And then there's mm-hmm. this spinoff, which is getting re kind of structured. 
which was supposed to be also have some multiplayer elements too. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what they're gonna do, but I don't feel like I have the. I don't feel like I have full knowledge on what the studio is capable of, not having finished one of their titles previously. You, on That's the other fair. hand, of course, have finished Witcher Three, and so, and you watch the show. So I'm a little bit more curious, like from your perspective. I, I mean, out of the three, I guess, I mean, which projects are you like most and or least excited for? I'm excited most for the Witcher 1 remake because I think that that's going to be like good. It has the the stories already laid there, so they just got to make the bones of the game work. And it's going to be an Unreal, so it's going to be probably less buggy than CD Projekt's Red Engine. So that's probably most um like my most anticipated game from them. This one was the second one because it's a new take on the Witcher franchise. It wasn't going to be following Geralt. And then it was also going to have some multiplayer elements. So that could have been interesting. Maybe gone in an MMO like way or something like that. But and then Witcher 4 is Witcher 4. That's going to be fun when it comes out. You know, so that was kind of more of the same. So I wasn't really that um, interested in that. But yeah, the other two projects were my most anticipated. And now this Molasses Flood one. Kind of just, I can see it getting canceled at this point. It just doesn't really seem to have um, any progress behind it or any development. I would agree. I think that this is the one that they can afford the least mess ups on. Yeah, and the team was only sixty people, so it's they didn't even have they couldn't have been started on much. Yeah, I don't, and it depends. Like, what's the scope of the of the game? Is mm-hmm. it like a smaller title, or I don't know. Yeah, not, yeah none of that was really kind of disclosed. But do you think it's um, possible we see anything from CD Projekt at the showcase? Maybe an update on the DLC. Yeah, maybe that's the only thing I could see. I feel like all everything else is really far away. Mm-hmm. I feel they take their time with their games, so I think everything else is well. But that's what they were trying to do with this new initiative, with purchasing outside studios and help and getting more projects out there. So maybe the Witcher One remake is farther along than we think. Yeah, and that could be shown. Possible but um moving on we're gonna go on to the ndp monthly sales charts for the u.s um u.s gaming has dipped five percent in april during the consumer month gamers spent a whopping 4.1 billion and that's actually a five percent decline year on year on year if you can believe that software hit 3.6 billion during the month as the segment was down 6% compared to last year's performance, but consumers' spending for hardware was up 7%, and it amassed $367 million just for this month alone. Sony's PS5 was the best-selling platform for dollar sales. Meanwhile, the Nintendo Switch led hardware sales in units sold. Accessory spending was flat year-over-year, totaling $158 million during the month of April. The PS5 DualSense Edge black controller was the top selling peripheral of the month and the top 20 games go in order from 1 to 20 number one was star wars jedi survivor two dead island two three Meta mlb the show four resident evil 4 remake five call of duty modern warfare 2 six hogwarts legacy seven pga tour eight Mega Man battle network collection nine fifa 23 10 mario kart 8 11 Minecraft Legends, 12 Elden Ring, 13 Minecraft, 14 Final Fantasy uh the bundle. Uh 15 was Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. 
16 is new Super Mario Bros. 17 is The Last of Us Part 1. 18 is Pokemon Scarlet Violet. 19 is Madden NFL 23. And 20 is Super Mario 3D World. All right, Mark, what do these uh, sales numbers tell you? It's weird. It's weird how like you could spend four point one billion in a in a month on games. Super Mario three D World. That's a. I mean, that must be because of the movie. Super Mario three D World has to be because of the movie, and I'm also it's the Switch version of that game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's but, that's still that's a classic one. That's a classic. But yeah, the, that definitely has to be because of the movie. I mean, even Last of Us that has to be because of the TV show mm-hmm. on eighteen. Yeah, that's pretty. High up there. I agree. Definitely. I mean, they were HBO's talking about how, you know, like the 30 million numbers are crazy for the show. So it's among the top watched and favorite and stuff like that, which they're talking about it with Sopranos, Mark. How do you feel about that? I mean, of course, I think that's it's not it's a (laughs) it's a good show. It's not a great show. You can't you can't no one no one can objectively convince me that it's a great TV show. It's I just don't think it is. And of course, when you're comparing it to Sopranos, which is one of the best shows ever made, period, which you also can't objectively argue that it's not. It's one of those things where we're in a time now where there are metrics other than critical reviews and dollar amounts earned. There's now stats that are that companies like to use is like, oh, this is how many people watched it or this is the player count or this is like the time spent. But those don't mean as much when a lot of times it's either free entry or we also live kind of in a time where everyone flocks to one or two things that are currently happening, but it doesn't mean that they're the best things that exist. It's just the way that people consume media, right? Yeah. You'll have a meme come out. That could be some old show, which I'm, you know, I'm using a specific example, but there's like, you can have memes come out of some shit that's always existed, but now everyone's going to flock to it. That doesn't mean that now that a ton of people watched it, that means it's actually great. It's just, it's like how a bunch of young kids got into friends, like over the pandemic. Or it's also like, I I was talking with uh, one of my good friends earlier today about music and me and Joel like to go to concerts. And a lot of times now you'll see people go to concerts and they just like, Oh, they heard the TikTok song. So they'll go to a show for one or two songs and not know anything else. But I feel like that also is a reflection of just the way media is consumed where people, not everyone, but I I do feel a majority of people will just consume what's right in front of them or what other people tell them to and don't search for what they themselves actually think is of the highest quality. Because it's scary to say, like, I like this thing that nobody knows about. Yeah, of course. That's like the number one thing. I, I... I guess it's a good thing, but me personally, I never gave a shit about that. Like at any age, I was always like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I like this. You think it sucks? That's okay. I like it though. So, but it's, it's one of those things, yeah, with media just in general, whether it's movies, games, music, something else, I feel like, like you're saying, people don't want to say they tried this new thing. What about this? Everyone just wants to be like, oh yeah, did you, did you, uh, the last of a show, did did you see the Mario movie? And it's like, I mean, these are, I'm, they're good. Right? I'm not saying those are good. I'm not saying those are bad, but I don't know if I'm saying that they're the greatest just because a lot of people watch them at a specific point in time. And people do this thing where it's like, if something is successful, that inherently means it's good. And they like use it as like, cause I can see somebody that's being, being a big Mario fan be like, well, it's the highest grossing animated movie. So it is like, well, of course it's good. And it's like, 
just because something makes money doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Like McDonald's is fucking serves a billion people a day. It's not fucking good food. That's a great. That's a fucking fantastic. Mm, fantastic. Example. Got him. I mean, it's so true. It is like, okay, yeah, it's reliable and it's safe and you know what it is, but that doesn't mean it's the highest quality. Yeah. I mean, it's def- so I- it's definitely those other options. I think it's even when we talk about game sales, like you have games where they're really similar, but sometimes just the IP that they're tied to is like the reason why they just get sales. I mean, I- I'm thinking specifically when we're talking about like Star Wars Jedi Survivor or Hogwarts where they're good games. I'm not saying they're not good games, but like they're objectively. Well, I think Hogwarts, I think so. Even though I was harsher on Survivor, when it works, I do believe it is a great game. Mm-hmm. It being a tied to Star Wars brings it up to that like nine, ten where people are like, oh, this is an amazing fucking perfect game. Mm-hmm. Hogwarts Legacy, I think, is like a seven, seven, five. And the hog and the Harry Potter IP brings it up to like an eight, eight, five. And then the anticipation of a Harry Potter game that is workable and like good like we haven't had a harry potter game that bought it up to like that hysteria where it's fucking sold 15 million copies mm-hmm. and it's still charting it's number six on this week or this month's mpd so yeah and i think i think with games games i would say they're they're only slightly different in the sense you know actually not only slightly. i would say games are actually a little bit different so i even on my end that's my bad for bringing up because those take more involvement because you actually have to play them Whereas like watching and listening to music is such a passive thing that. It... Yeah, I think that's an inherent like uh, that's like the inherent thing that puts people off from video games. Mm-hmm. It's like you could be like, you can't just be like, oh, I-, I loved this game, because if you say that, I can look at your trophy list and be like, well, you didn't play it. So you're a fucking liar. They need trophies for Netflix stuff. Yeah, they shows do. what you watch. Like, so people, if they did that. See, the thing is, though, our fucked up brains will be watching shit we don't even like. <laughs> Nah, well, I don't. We'll be broken. I don't know. Be like, I have five Netflix platinums. With movies, I'm very. Yeah, I mean, if it was like something like that, like finish out this collection, yeah, that's true. I would do that. You would watch so many shitty movies. If that, yeah, if that was how it was tracked, that is true. But all of this to basically say The Last of Us show is definitely not better than Sopranos. And I think it is a good show. (laughs) I don't think it's a great show. I don't even think it should be considered of the top TV shows. I don't even think it's like a top. I would say it's not even top 30. I would say there's at least 30 TV shows that are definitely better. I mean, it's not even the top like HBO project. It just got the most eyeballs. Absolutely. Because like I was uh, after watching uh, The Last of Us, as I've been mentioning here and there, I've been picking up Game of Thrones. And after watching like the first season, I was like, this is fucking fantastic. What the fuck are people talking about? Last of Us being like one of the best shows of all time. Like. And, I'm, and I love the video game. Like The video game is yeah, one of, of my favorite games. But I, I want to throw that caveat out there because it's not like Last of Us hate. Well, I love know? Last of Us too. like also. Well, yeah, no, I know you love Last of Us too. I'm just throwing that out there for the audience just so they know where we stand mm-hmm. with, the, with the original game and the original like medium for it. So it's not like we don't like the IP. I, want the, I wanted the show to be great. And I still think the show was entertaining and fun. And I'm going to continue to watch it. But it's just it's nowhere near as close as good as the video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think there are some factors that should be considered right when you have metrics. So although it is the most watched and that's fantastic, I'm not saying that's not a good thing for HBO. You got to also consider, right, we do live in a time where you can just pull up your phone, subscribe to HBO Max and watch the show. 
obviously there aren't as many people watching the sopranos there's a there's a large number of reasons i would say you can start off with the fact that back then you had to actually like pay for hbo as a channel so you're probably not having hbo was like a status symbol yeah that was cool and you're probably not if you had hbo you're like damn you guys are fucking rich you're probably not doing that like if you're if you're a kid you can probably be watching hbo max maybe you're like 10 or maybe you're like 12 or 13 that sounds young but i guarantee you there's people that are that age probably make an account on their phone watch the Mm -hmm. show right whatever no big deal Back then, you probably have to be a full-ass grown adult to be like, I have a cable package and HBO, which is expensive. (laughs) And then on top of that, you also have to be watching The Wire or Sopranos, which is like really mature content. So there's also a little bit more of a barrier there. So that's, that's where I'm basically saying I don't think that just the metric of viewer count is really valid, especially with those other things in place. Like that was a different time. But if you, I mean, if you put it side to side ratings wise is it higher than it might be but it might be also because the way that ratings work a lot of times now on like rotten tomatoes or imdb is a thumbs up or a thumbs down so you're not even getting a granular level of how good is it you're just getting people be like it was good i liked it and that feeds into the very much like this is the best thing ever because mm-hmm. it's don't you only have two options it's either the best thing ever or it's fucking mid trash yeah so i don't know just I, I would I would invite people to consider other options when consuming media. Consume whatever mm-hmm. media you're going to consume, and then maybe, oh, did the person who create this have other stuff, or is there something similar to this I could enjoy? You know, more than just like kind of consume and then just like mm-hmm. fucking static brain until like somebody throws something in front of you next. You know, like just go out there, kind of explore, see what there is out there because. You know, it's hard to have a conversation with somebody on the quality. Like if we're talking about a TV show, for example, it's tough to talk about the quality of a TV show when all somebody says is like, oh, but it's really good. And you're like, OK, but how? Like, what did you like about it? Oh, no, it was just really good. OK, well, if that's what they're saying, then it kind of shows to me like you either don't have the experience like watching or dissecting something like that. I agree, because I think I... I'm not that well versed in movies. Like I like I watch any movie and I'm like, oh, it was it was fun. It was fine. It was a great time. Like I've never watched a movie and been like pissed about how bad it is. But I'm like also don't have that like that refined of a taste. Like I know you've watched movies and have been pissed. And I've watched movies with Pam and where we have to stop them halfway through. She's like, this is like so bad I can't watch it. Mm-hmm. And like I've never had that, but but that's just because my like knowledge base for movies is like not up there where in terms of video games where it's like i know like within like 20 minutes if i like a game or not or if it's going to be good or if it's going to be for me mm-hmm. i would definitely but with, oh what were you gonna say i was saying but with movies i don't have like that same sensibility yeah i would definitely say that with movies and shows if they're really bad and i can't watch them normally the number one reason is because in my own head i'm like this is what i would do here 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 and here it's more so a frustration of like what is missed or what mm-hmm. we think we could do differently. So that's kind of where where that comes from. There was... Man. There was something else you wanted to there say. There was something else I wanted to say. Son of a bitch. And I'm totally blanking. But the movie thing, I understand. that. Yeah, that's a frustration of like what could be. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's definitely what happens with that. Yeah. It's a damn shame. But uh, that was the MPD uh, <laughs> monthly sales. <laughs> We ended up in another conversation about The Last of Us. Hey, it happens. 
It's gonna it happen. That's where the juiciest, it's gonna happen again. The juiciest conversations happen from from those kind of tangents. Yeah, those yeah, those are the best. And we're definitely well, not definitely, but I hope we have more to say about Last of Us next week. Mm-hmm. But uh, moving on, Overwatch Two ditches its PVE hero mode. So, in the latest roadmap update for uh, Overwatch 2, its developers said that the title will not receive a PvE hero mode. Game director Aaron Keller and executive producer Jared Niss said the decision was for the good of the title and its multiplayer component. Quote, we made a commitment to always prioritize the live game and all of the people playing it and to devote our development efforts there, said Keller. The feature was originally announced at BlizzCon 2019 as part of the new modes for Overwatch 2. Characters would be reworked for the feature and be given a progression system. Narrative story missions are still on the way. In an interview with GameSpot, Keller explained when the development team realized the feature couldn't be implemented. He said, quote, As we were running up to launching Overwatch 2, we realized that we could not build that other game. We couldn't save up all of that content over the course of of what was looking to be at least the next several years to finish it. And by doing that, pulling more and more resources away from people that were all playing our game and all the people that would be playing Overwatch 2. The game director continues, so we made a decision last year that we would focus all of our efforts on the live running game and all of our PvE efforts on this new story arc that we're launching in Season 6. When asked what may have changed in terms of development, the team's position, Nasio said, as the team learned more about what it took to make it, and as it learned more about the time, the irritation, and technology required, it just became clear that the schedule wasn't going to work. All right, that was that was a lot, but I felt like those were important details, especially those interviews um, quotes. So, Mark, how do you feel about Overwatch Two? It's PVE hero mode not being not being fulfilled. I think that they. It's an unfortunate way that they announced the game because I think this was the core difference between the first and the second game. And then it did. That's what everybody looks forward to. Yeah. So then you end up with the second one, which I think is good. But when it was first released was very much just like, okay, this is like 1.5. So that's kind of all I have on it. I mean, I enjoy Overwatch. I'm not crushed that this wasn't there, but I do think that they set the wrong expectation and it might be hard. But I feel like if you're going to come out and be like, that's what we're doing, you have to deliver on it to some extent definitely but we had a listener write in and they had a different take or something else to think about in in terms of this uh gt sever gt driver underscore seven wrote hello so with overwatch 2 um announcing this week that they will be canceling their pve hero mode does this spell doom and not in a good way for single player fps games or is this more of an overwatch 2 specific issue so I think it's like in regards to the lack of single-player FPS games. I know that's something that we've definitely lamented on. Do you think that this is an issue in terms of they saw maybe people weren't as like... It wasn't going to get as much engagement. It wasn't going to be worth it. Or was this just kind of like an Overwatch 2 specific issue? I think that it is an Overwatch 2 specific issue. I don't see how this would impact other first-person single-player experiences. Especially when you know that... Overwatch's primary draw is multiplayer. That's my personal take on it. Okay. And and I think he meant like single player, like the lack of single player games. Not mm-hmm. like the, the 
this is not going to hurt other no, single no, no. player games. Sorry, I I think yeah. So if I misspoke, I apologize. I mean in the sense that I think the writer was proposing the question. I don't think new games like coming out will suffer from this or like this will change the trajectory of like the first person genre. I just don't think that it was probably something where Overwatch was like. I mean, if I was in their position. I would be like, remember how? Tell them what you tell them what you think about Overwatch. Well, I, if I was in their position, I'd be like, you remember how Fortnite was not a battle royale game first? Nobody plays that other mm-hmm. shit. I think. Yeah. So that's yeah. if I was coming at it from their perspective, I'd be like, why would we waste our resources on this when multiplayer is what people are going to play? So mm-hmm. I think a smarter route on their end probably would have been to just announce an Overwatch two. But the thing is, is I think they needed a reason to announce an Overwatch 2. And I think the reason... And this was the reason. I think that was the reason. So I don't know. It's a weird example because I think that... But then there's something else to be said. Like, I don't want games to come out now and be like, okay, well, we're on Overwatch and you're going to be playing Overwatch for 10 years. I like that there's an Overwatch 2. Personally, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people that like spends a ton of money on it and feels like they're missing out and whatnot. But I enjoy the idea of like there's just a new one. Yeah, I mean, we jumped onto it when it came out. I think Overwatch 2, what is really disappointing is if you played Overwatch 2, it's basically Overwatch 1, which is like different balancing. Mm-hmm. And then this was, like you said, the one defining feature. And we stopped playing it, actually. Or the reason why I stopped playing it was because there were certain characters that had problems that they started pulling out and they were tied to trophies. So I don't know if they ever added them back, but that was the only reason why I actually stopped playing because I was actually really enjoying it for a minute. And I was like, I'll go for this platinum. But they took out characters tied to trophies, which uh, which would have made it impossible. They probably added them back in. But like if you mess with the if you mess with trophies being earnable, I'm very likely to drop off of the game, especially multiplayer, Mul- multiplayer trophies and multiplayer games platinums are just way harder in general i agree now i wanted to circle back because i thought i I thought a brain blast i thought about what i had forgotten earlier so Uh to give a little context earlier we were talking about the we were talking about last of a show and i was saying if i talk to somebody and they really like it i would like to know what they think is good about it I want it to be clear that I'm not just a hate ass bitch. If I ask somebody <laughs> what they like and they really have something to say, I will listen. So an example yeah. of that is the Zelda game is out and it's getting fantastic reviews everywhere. Uh, some reviews are calling it like the best game ever made. And I like Zelda. I'm a little bit skeptical or I would say I was skeptical on the new Tears of the Kingdom just because a lot of the clips that I saw are mostly focused on the building. So what I did was I had a really good friend and I know she was playing it. So I wanted to make sure I asked her what she liked about it and shout out to her. She gave me really good, really detailed what she likes about it. And now I'm like, okay, that sounds really good. I'm more excited to play it. So prior to, and this is even watching reviews where most reviews I felt like was just not giving me a lot of detail and then saying about a lot of the buildings. So what she was saying she likes in comparison to Breath of the Wild, and don't worry, no spoilers if you're a Nintendo fan or you're playing Zelda here, is she was saying she really likes the new abilities that Link has. Like, not Mm -hmm. just the building ones, but actual movement and abilities she really likes. She thinks that the map itself is actually feels very new, and the dungeons are very, like... They're more classic in the sense that they're like well-designed just dungeons. Not like the shrine puzzles, but like actual dungeons. 
of going in and clearing out. And she did say uh, the yeah. story was cool too. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like that's what uh, Breath of the Wild lacked. The dungeons. Agreed. I mean, the dungeons were the four beasts and that was not. Yeah. That was not it. I agree. So she, she was saying sh- some good stuff about it. And then she did go into more detail about some things that would be spoilery, which I won't share. But I liked that she shared those details with me because I was like, no, I don't care. Like, I want to be excited for it. Mm-hmm. So so she did a good job with that. But I just wanted to bring that up also in the sense of like, in case there's a, you know, in case we have like a writer, right? If you're someone listening and you're like, you know, this guy, Mark, it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy's opinions? Holla just hates on everybody's opinions. You know? You are totally free to write in and whatever. And if you have a fair and reasonable thing, I will listen. Absolutely. So just wanted to say that. Um, Shout out to Maka for playing Tears of the Kingdom and giving it nice detailed review. She's playing it on the OLED model Switch, too. So she said it looks looks nice. She's balling on the OLED. Mm -hmm. I really want one. But I mean, there was a report that they're not coming out for at least another year. So I was like, Mm. but then they also said no price cut either. I was like, what the fuck? What do you want me to do, Nintendo? Yeah. So I don't know, but we we can pick it right back up. All right. um, So you're going to you're going to hop in and do this new story. I have to piss. Go ahead. I'll take care of this. So I'm going to go piss and I'll be right back. Beautiful. Right. So earlier in the show, when we were talking about the PlayStation Showcase, I mentioned in what I thought was going to be in the showcase, I mentioned Mortal Kombat 1. So we spoke about Mortal Kombat last week on the show as there are some rumors kind of trickling out. And a while back in the NVIDIA leak, we knew that there was going to be a new Mortal Kombat. And then there was an investor call where they spoke about, Warner Brothers spoke about a a Mortal Kombat game that would be coming this year in 2023. Now, they the official Mortal Kombat Twitter account has been kind of teasing this. And so now they've come out and just said, as of today, they said, tomorrow is a new dawn. And the debut trailer for the new Mortal Kombat will be released tomorrow, May 18th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. At the moment, the rumors around it are that it is rumored to be called Mortal Kombat 1 as a reboot instead of Mortal Kombat 12. Supporting factors for this is the video that NetherRealm used to tease it was a clock ticking past 11, which is the last release, and then skipping over 12 straight to 1. And 11 had a villain, Chronica, who dealt with time and kind of the conclusion to the expansion was the idea that there can be kind of a perfect timeline rearranged. So maybe that's what they're doing. So it's going to be called Mortal Kombat 1. Supposedly, we will find out all officially tomorrow and we'll report on it next week. Don't you worry. At the moment, rumored to be Mortal Kombat 1. It'll be coming out on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and Switch. So no last gen versions at the moment. It will be $70 on PS5 and Xbox, $60 on Switch. There will be a premium edition, which will be $110. My guess is that was going to include base game and probably a character pass or a season pass of some kind. And then there will be a collector edition, which will be $250. And normally when they do that, you're looking at base game, probably a season pass or a collector pass, and then normally like a figurine of some kind. Now... The other rumors are that it's targeting a September release date, and two guest characters in talks are Peacekeeper and Homelander. Peacekeeper definitely makes sense as Warner Brothers has the DC license as they work on NetherRealm works on the Injustice series as well. Homelander sounds incredible, but is would be a different license, so I don't know how sure that is. But so it is official. We will be seeing that tomorrow morning, bright and early debut trailer. They didn't say if it will be gameplay or not, but I'm sure we'll basically get our full breakdown of it so we will see that tomorrow instead of 
next week at the PlayStation Showcase. There is always a chance that they do like a debut trailer now and then more of a gameplay trailer then. Or, you know, it would be... Well, no, they don't... I was going to say it'd be cool if they did a demo, but Mortal Kombat doesn't do demos. And I guess I actually yeah. do like that. So, basically... I wouldn't want them to lead into, like, the showcase. Because then it's like, we know what that's going to... We know that's going to be there. I want it to be a mystery. Yeah, I agree. So, basically... Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about this. We got a nice amount of details about it prior to them even really showing it. But... I think it's cool that they're just like, I, I think it's really cool to just be like, hey, tomorrow, like tomorrow morning, like not even tomorrow afternoon. It's if it's Pacific time, 6 a.m., the trailer will be out. Damn. Yeah, they ain't giving nobody a break. I like that, though. Less than 24 hours. Hey, yeah. we're coming. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I'm super, super hyped for that. I talked with some people about it earlier today. I personally am a big Mortal Kombat fan. So for me, I'm extremely excited. I think that the movie was more fun than I thought it would be. And I think it's good timing to have another game. And then the, the movie will probably be next year. I would think. Yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds about right. I also just want to comment on my piss that I just took. Fantastic. Like a fantastic piss. Top five piss. What's the color? A lot of, it was clear yellow. I mean, I've been drinking a lot of different substances here, but I do have mainly water that I've been drinking out of my cantina here. Um, it was, it was a lot of volume. It was the kind of piss. I don't know if you out there or you, Mark, yourself, were the kind of kids or kind of the kind of family where you would piss in water bottles as a little kid. Mm-hmm. So when I had to pee sometimes, and also my dad was a truck driver. Yeah, that makes a big difference, up. by the way. That's much more understandable we were... than if you're just like in your house pissing in water bottles. No, it's, it was always in it was always <laughs> in transit. It wasn't. That's why I said car. It's mm-hmm. always in transit, not just at home. But uh, sometimes, you know, you're a little kid, you can't hold your butt, so you got to piss. But it, this was the kind of piss that was so much, like, I would have filled the water bottle up. And that happened a few times, and that's the worst feeling ever when you got to cut off midstream. Like, yeah, that... Crazy. That's, it's, Never yeah, had that's that crazy. Happen. That's the kind of control I have with my urethra. Well, besides your pissing habits, do you have any uh, anything for Mortal Kombat? No, I have I have nothing for Mortal Kombat. I'm, I'm happy that you're happy. I hope that it's good. I hope everybody has fun. I hope there's a lot of fatalities. I appreciate the positivity. I'm really excited too. I wonder what kind of, I mean, I'm just really curious to see what the debut trailer will be and they could show mm-hmm. pretty much nothing and I'll be excited. It's one of those kind of series where like, if I see the left cheek of a character, I'll be like, Oh shit, it's this person. Yes. It depends on the character. I feel you. So I think my, my biggest things is regardless of what they're going to do with the game, my, character ask is i would like to see the robots back i want to see cyrax and sector in it so so wait the robots haven't been in it they're not in a they're not in 11 oh okay yeah they get fucked Mm, well they're in 11 but they're just not playable characters so like the way that they did it that's fucking stupid so you see them like in the story yeah that's dumb. And their moves are, I mean, like, they're clearly, like, move sets are there, but they're just not, like, playable. But that happens. Like, okay, another example is, like, the ninjas, right? Reptile wasn't in this one. Ermac wasn't in it. Smoke wasn't in it either. But all three mm-hmm. of them, you can use their moves in Shang Tsung's, like, move list. Uh... So that's how they did that. But you just want, like, the... My thing is with, with these, with fighting games in general, not even Mortal Kombat, you always want the roster to grow. So my only worry with Mortal Kombat 1 is they just like reduce it 
But the other side of that is if they're doing Mortal Kombat 1 in a sense of making a perfect timeline, it could be an example to have the biggest roster ever where they decide to have like all the characters possible shown. Because a lot of characters over the course of like Mortal Kombat stories, you see them before they're actually like characters in the game. So maybe they just have it now where like you see a character and they're in the game too. So I or like the that could play in the DLC, but you you like the DLC to be mainly like licensed shit, not like no. I mean, so they so they did a really good thing with this last one, Mortal Kombat 11, because they did they did I think they did two character passes, and they did like I would say about half and half of light of licensed characters, and then the other half being like characters for the game. But mm-hmm. remember, one of the best parts I thought about this is they didn't just have character passes; they had a whole last story like expansion. That was like a couple hours, and I really liked that. That's cool. So, I didn't know they had a story expansion as well. Yeah, and it like actually was. I would say it was like five hours extra of like story. I thought it was really Ooh, that's good. That's good shit. Damn. Yeah. So I Mortal Kombat. Out there. I really like Mortal Kombat. I think it's a. I think it's a really well rounded game where you have good story. You have a lot of really. I think, of course, subjective. I think really fun characters, really creative, really unique, fun online mode, and then I also love like the way you unlock shit, like the crypt and all that mm-hmm. I think is really cool. So really excited to see that tomorrow, but switching gears onto some more leaks that we will see. And again, it's just so great to be like hearing so much news that we know was probably all going to get confirmed over the course of like either this showcase or the summer showcase coming up. So what we're talking about here is Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's rumored to be released in October and this comes by way of Assassin's Creed data miner Jonathan. Assassin's Creed Mirage is targeting a release date of October 12, 2023, with a few weeks as wiggle room in case there are other major major titles that haven't been announced yet. But it is also not supposed to be released later than November. So okay. they're targeting that specific day, October 12th. But, you know, if, I don't know, GTA 6 comes out and they're like, nah, we're coming out in October, obviously they're going to push it. It's actually really cool, I think, to hear this because this makes sense. So it's cool to hear that like that mm-hmm. is something that they do. And Mirage will take place in a 9th century Baghdad and is described as a special tribute to the first Assassin's Creed. Development is being led by the team that brought us Valhalla's expansion, Wrath of the Druids. And Ubisoft is currently currently has 2,000 working on the Assassin's Creed series and is looking to increase that by 40% in the coming years. So Ubisoft as a whole... Jesus. Yeah, so Ubisoft as a whole has talked about basically... We talked about it, I think... Actually, I think it was going to be its own thing, but I'm kind of just combining it here is that they want to double down on Assassin's Creed. They basically have had like a couple of rough years. And so they're just like, we're going to put more resources into what we know works for us. So they're going to go basically all in on this. So I wouldn't be that surprised if we see Assassin's Creed. I mean, we're going to see it at their showcase. I mean, Ubisoft is going to have their own day. So I think we'll definitely see it there. Damn, that's crazy. They're talking about having almost 3,000 people yeah, working on Assassin's Creed. I put 40% here, but they did specifically say 2,800. That's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. The whole series, I mean, it's I... not game by game, by the way, because so, they do have multiple projects yeah, no, in the works. Yeah, no. I, I, I still think that that's crazy, but yeah. Mm, I agree. I know it's the whole AC series. I mean, hopefully Mirage turns out well. Yeah, Ubisoft has been in a weird position where I feel like a lot of their games have been misses. But Assassin's Creed in this new like uh, revamped era with the open world, starting with um, starting with uh, what's the Egypt one? Uh, Origins. Origins, starting with Origins Odyssey. and uh, Odyssey, and then now Valhalla, the most recent one, and now this Mirage one. 
has been on like an upward trajectory. I think each of those games, like every time they came out, were breaking records in terms of Assassin's Creed sales. But everything else has kind of softened up for them. They've canceled a few projects here and there. And then Far Cry, I feel like Far Cry 6 feels like it was going to be the last like Far Cry game in a, in a while. So but that could also be something that always makes a return. And Far Cry is always out there in the wild. Mirage is supposed to be, ooh, excuse me, Mirage is supposed to be a smaller title. Yeah, Mirage is supposed to be more in the vein of like AC1. So I had never played those original Assassin's Creed games. My history with it is just Odyssey and Valhalla. But I was honestly thinking about in this slow period, since we don't really have that many games to play, I was thinking about downloading the Ezio collection and giving it a shot. Yeah, they're, um, I tr- so I downloaded the Ezio collection a while ago, and I was playing Assassin's Creed 2. It's all right. I mean, for me, it, it, the, the only Assassin's, Creed's, Assassin's Creed games that have actually really jumped out to me is pretty much, I would say that Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla are interesting, but the only one I've actually played all the way through is Black Flag, and I really like that one. Yeah, that that was one that uh, it was like on uh, PS4, right? Yeah. That was like one of the first games on PS4. That was I got into that one a little bit as well. I didn't play it when it came out, so I just like dabbled in it with like for like ten hours or so, but, like a few years afterwards. It was definitely a fun game. It's the one that has like the pirates, and then it doesn't introduce to ship combat, but like expands on it. And I'm a psycho. And I beat that in 2021. I just want to be clear. Jesus fucking! Christ. I played it on my PS5. That's crazy. But That's it's, crazy. It's, I forgot about that. You know, it's, I thought you played it on PS4 at least. Damn. No, I mean, I'm out here. You know, I I play. I I I'll just go back and play stuff. And I I, yeah. like, I mean I, I like that same with movies and stuff. I'll just go back and like watch old stuff. Yeah, that's definitely good to do. I mean, it's hard with games just because, like you said, they're like we're uh, not you. You didn't say this, but it's like hard with games because they don't because they take up so much time and are so demanding. Mm. But the earlier AC games are, like you said, smaller in scope with Mirage kind of mirroring that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see it. I mean, I'll give it a shot, right? I would like to see a little bit more. I think the only thing that exists right now is just a cinematic trailer. I think the character that you're going to play as is the guy from Valhalla, who I thought was fucking cool. So, mm. Yeah, so I think that will be cool, and we will learn a little bit more about that, I'm sure, very soon at the Ubisoft Showcase, which is in June. So I'm sure that we will learn about it there, maybe if there's Far Cry or something. I, I think, you know, I'm very excited for their showcase. It's a little side tangent. I'm really excited to see the new crew game, because I know that'll be there. Yeah, that... And probably right, that, Avatar. And Ubisoft... And Ubisoft likes to their their showcases even dating back to the traditional E3 days have always been like a small amount of games, but they do deep dives in each game. So I wouldn't mind a deep dive in the crew or a Far Cry game or the Avatar game. They canceled that, right? I don't think they did. I thought we did a story about that officially being canceled. Was it? Go ahead and check that. While you, I'll cut. Yeah, while you while you do the next story, I'll look this up. Okay, so the next one's a quick one too, so we can just kind of return quickly back to that. So Sega is considering increasing their prices to seventy dollars to match the new standard, and they are basically saying that they're currently kind of reviewing on a game by game basis what they believe to be worth seventy dollars. So they're not saying that it's something that they're considering doing kind of across the board, but their contemporaries are doing it. Seventy dollars is pretty standard amongst a lot of um, publishers so they're looking at doing that i personally think that's okay not really too surprising and then they also were talking about how the sonic movie was really successful and they are interested in bringing other ip to the big screen 
which of course first in my head i'm like a yakuza movie would be fire and i also oh think God. i think a yakuza movie would be fire tv show i think it needs to be a tv I think show it, i think it has time. to be a movie you know why, why? because action doesn't work on shows that's one of my mm. big points with shows is i think shows shows are great for telling larger stories yes However, if it's something where there's going to be good action, I think a lot of times you get cheaper, bad choreographed action on shows because they can't spend that money per episode. Whereas in a movie, it's like you can do like some crazy ass two minute action scene, but that two minutes costs you like, I don't even, you know, could be something like crazy. Million dollars. So yeah. I think that I also do personally think, though, a Shenmue movie would be even way better than a Yakuza movie because Shenmue, okay. I feel like, has a very unique flavor to it. Playing the first and Mm -hmm. second one, like the characters are very unique to it. I don't think it's a story that has been told a lot. I think a Yakuza, I think a Yakuza movie would, would um, feel redundant to people who don't play video games. They might see that and think it's nothing special. I think that's what I mean. If it was a Shenmue movie, I think it would stand on its own as like this own unique story, not just like another kind of mafia movie, if that makes sense. So what do you think about the 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 movies or this price increase? The price increase is like it like you like it's written here. It's a new standard. I just don't I don't think there's anything really to say about it. Games are going to be seventy dollars of their AAA. That's just kind of the that's kind of what it is right now. I don't really think that that's that big of a deal. I honestly forgot that they released their games at sixty until like like uh, like a Dragon Engine came out and I was like, oh shit, it's sixty dollars. I was like Sega's still doing that shit. That's cool, but um, yeah, the seventy. That's okay. The movie stuff that can be awesome. Uh, Yakuza would be awesome. I think Yakuza would be harder to do than Shenmue just because Yakuza's tone is like very weird. Like I don't. It's like you have to have a like a talented actor that can play like dramatic roles and also be like a little goofy at times. Same. Same for Shenmue. Remember that I know that Shenmue's like that. I know that. You haven't played it, but remember, it is the same people as Yakuza. Like a lot of the same energy, a lot of the okay. same energy of like you have a lot of these characters where like something really serious is happening, and then you just have a random character who's like dancing. And they're like, "Oh, hey, right!" Like Yakuza is like that. You're just like going around, and then you have Libido Man in his underwear, like humping the air. So they Libido Man's been fucking for years. They both ha- or not, but they both have the <laughs> that very wacky energy to them but like you were saying that really unique like but it is serious like it's funny yeah. but like it's also serious it can happen yeah people can get got in these games yeah so i th- i think it would make for a really fun watch if they did it right of course yeah you would definitely need the right actors and uh, the right director it would i think it would take a lot to make it good i do too it would it would it'll take a lot but i think it could be done i mean they fucking made sonic popular and good so you know i also want to speak just to to the price thing because i saw some basically like some you know comments there's always going to be crazy Mm -hmm. gremlins and stuff in the in the (laughs) comment sections but i saw with this a a lot of comments that were just basically like 70 dollars. like this is crazy like i personally don't pay more than 20 or 30 dollars for a game what the fuck yeah or i saw one that was like some person i don't of course i don't know who it was but some person listed out like Basically, every game that Sega had released in the past, I don't know, year, two years. And on the whole, mm-hmm. list, they were like, not a single one of these games is worth $70. I'm like, uh, I feel like a Yakuza game, off the top of my head, I feel like a Yakuza game is a $70 game. 
I think a Sonic game is a $70 game, like one of the big ones. Uh, Sega, I think, publishes Persona, right? Yeah, they do. By yeah, the way, that person had Persona it. on the list as being not a $70 game. That's fucking insane. That's just somebody like, that's just somebody who's not like tapped in with the Japanese gaming scene. I agree. So, uh, yeah, I mean, $70, it's fine. I, I, here's the thing. I think it is clearly the new standard. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying like, hey, we got to cut them slack, yada, yada, yada. But I also do think it's commendable that they're saying they're reviewing it on a game by game basis, right? Like that's them basically telling you we're going to do it on the games we think are worth that and we're not going to do it on all games. And I want to be very clear when I say this, Sega is one of the few publishers where I don't think I've ever played a game and felt like it was predatory from a monetization standpoint. Yeah, never. And even they they do have a lot of additional things you can buy. Like there's a hundred things you can buy for Persona, mm-hmm. a shit ton of things you can buy in Yakuza, and it never feels predatory or like it's inhibiting you from enjoying the game yeah. by not like indulging in that. It's never necessary. And even Sonic Frontiers, the newest one, has like a whole year of support that's all free and is actually like it's actually it's not just like, hey, we're doing some skins. It's like they're adding playable characters and like mm-hmm. other stuff. So I just want to make sure it's also known that they're thinking about raising their prices to a standard, but they're also still separate from the pack where they're not very predatory in their monetization. And I think that's something worth being like. They're one of the about. good guys. Yeah. Like they're one of the good publishers. Se- they focus on making games, when a, not jobs. When a Sega game comes out, you don't immediately expect like a season pass or something like that, or a fucking battle pass. Like do any of them have, No, it? I don't think they do that. So, there's probably an example. I don't want to say none. But I can't think but of But like one. the big ones, Yakuza no. doesn't have that, Persona doesn't uh-huh. have that. Sonic doesn't have that. Sonic doesn't have that. No Sonic yes, has I mean, that, by the way. It's not just like this one. No Sonic has that. No yeah. Yakuza has that. No Persona has that. And all of those have like anywhere between 5 and 15 in the in, entries in the series. So, And those are all big games. Yeah, they are. Bi- that, that's the thing, too. They're also like That's what I'm massive. saying. Why are we hating? On- yeah, nobody should have said anything about Sega raising their prices. Honestly, surprised they held out this long and keeping mm-hmm. it at 60. I agree. And like, obviously, they're going to go on sale anyway if you're that much of a fucking stickler <laughs> about it. That's what I'm saying, too. Like, you don't got to be rude and be like, oh, my God, we're raising it. Like, <laughs> okay, you're, you buy games clearly on sale, all right? Like, you're playing games from 2018. Plus, best part about games, I could just probably check that person's trophy list and be like, you don't play any of this shit anyway exactly pull up the receipts you can't be you can't be fake with games which is one of my favorite parts about it but i mean people do i mean there's that's an issue with journalists that people have where people hide their trophies and i know that they have to sometimes because they get games early yada 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 but still and some of them are being some, fake. like some, not all but some of them definitely are yeah i feel like reviewers should have like the trophies they like achieved during the review process. I feel like that'd be cool. I think it's important to note if they finish the game or don't, because there are people who will put out a review without finishing the game. I agree. I go in with the good faith that if you're reviewing the game, you beat in the game. But I think it would be just cool in terms of being like, oh, did he experience what I experienced? Did he get that trophy? Or oh, he got a trophy I didn't get and stuff like so. I think I'm viewing it for that aspect but yeah it's also good as like in terms of like a receipt of like i actually did beat the game yeah i totally agree when i see a review i expect credits to have been rolled i don't expect 100 percent or a platinum but i expect them to at least have seen the credits yeah there's only that one guy the completionist guy who like 100 every game and then and then he finally reviews it and i think that that's really cool yeah it's definitely a good like unique perspective to have mm-hmm. so 
now the, we're not only getting all of these showcases over summer. One of the fun things is that we're learning that, you know, that it's not going to end when we get to the fall. So Fear Fest was something that started in 2022 and it is returning in September this year. And it's returning with the first ever Horror Game Awards. So coverage will kick off with Black Summer 2023, a three-hour showcase of 2023 and 24's most anticipated horror games with world premiere trailers, developer interviews, special guest appearances, and content creator reactions. Fucking yuck. They better keep that at the end. Voting across 15 (laughs) different categories for the Horror Game Awards will kick off later this year. And I just want to add in as a sidebar that Layers of Fear does have a release date now of June 15th, 2023. So just wanted to throw that in. That wasn't actually like they didn't announce that, but I wanted to throw that in there just as a horror game that will be coming out prior to Mm -hmm. that. So I'm excited for that, right? I mean, I I really like horror games and it's cool that you're just going to have another venue where they're going to show more of them. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Yuck to the creator content creator reactions but uh fear fest if you do want to you know fly your boys out well i'll react to any fucking thing i wonder how much it's going to be though too just in the sense that when we were looking at what was it i was saying we were looking at keely's summer games fest tickets were like 45 dollars. i mean you know you're gonna have to pay for hoteling and flying over to california and we're actually all the way on the opposite side of the country but 40 (laughs) that's the longest flight (laughs) 40 45 dollars it's like it's pretty good it's pretty reasonable I think if I lived in the LA area, I would 1000% buy a ticket and go to that. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, that would be fun as hell to go to. So yeah, the, the pricing is not bad. Is this going to have like a, like like public spaces where you can buy tickets? And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious to see what the, the, so the fear for three hours is a long time. Three hours is... What the fuck are they going to talk about horror games for three hours? For? I think that uh, probably a vast majority of that I would guess is going to be the developer interviews and guest appearances. I would imagine trailers and actual like showcase related, what we would classify as showcase related things, probably like 30 to 45 minutes. I don't even know if you could have an hour. I feel like if you're going to an hour, you're probably going to be forced to show like some PC games. Don't want like that not a lot of people are going to play, especially since it's... I don't think this is going to get big publisher support. So I think it's going to be a lot of indie really? PC shit. I, I, I'm just telling you, I'm, if Keeley's not behind it, I don't think because I think it can be seen as a slight against him. I don't know how petty he is. I, I understand where you're coming from. I think with that point, my and also the it's in October. The Game Awards, which is a bigger show, is. A month and a half after, why would I not just save my shit for them? I think the reason is because a lot of horror games are made on a smaller scale. I don't think a lot of horror games are big publisher, big ass games. So that's why I think they would show up here. But I think like smaller games, I agree with you, but I think it would be just smaller products. I don't think like Resident Evil 5 is not going to be revealed at this. Well, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I I agree. Dead Space 2 remake isn't going to be here, but I'm and I'm not saying that as a slight. I'm saying that more as like I think it's gonna be interesting to the hardcore gamers. Like it's gonna highlight those smaller horror indie games that maybe don't get all that love. Mm-hmm. Like all those random horror games that we see on like the PSN. I know obviously they're maybe they're not good because they haven't been. I don't hear about other people talking about them, but all those like Resident Evil clones and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like those games could be good for all they're I know, not. but I I don't know. I'm just saying because <laughs> those be. ones that you're talking about, like I watch I watch a lot of like. Uh, I, there's one streamer i love avoiding the puddle and he plays a lot of those kind of games huge resident evil fans so he plays a lot of like the shitty resident evil clones they're not good <laughs> but they look funny but i think 
I, this is a safe space for them is what I'm saying. I also think that even with the bigger ones, I wouldn't even be that surprised because we say bigger ones, but horror is one of the like smallest like bubbles in I think gaming. Like Resident Evil 4 and Dead Space are two. I mean they're two they're like the two best ones. So I think those are the exceptions, <laughs> but horror games in general don't sell that much and are typically I think smaller like population games. So I feel like even yeah. a larger one would be like, okay, cool. Like, I don't think they might be like a first time announcement, a big game there, but like, I don't like, I don't see a reason why Silent Hill 2 wouldn't be like, maybe yeah, they well, throw them a trailer. Exactly. Like, throw you a trailer, something like that. Okay. I could see, yeah, maybe something like that. But no, I think this could be fun for if you're a small time developer making a horror game and if it's good, it can get as many eyeballs as it can. I think this would be a great like spot for it. Like, I think the Amnesia team mm-hmm. and the outlast team who's who makes red outlast barrels. games by the way red barrel because I, I was like i remember to have a cool name mm. red barrel like i feel like they could show something here i like amnesia's name too frictional games damn that's a good game studio i feel like the fucking major game studios don't have cool names at all but that those are actually two cool names i think also i, I don't know i think horror games are fucking sick I think it. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan. I I like this whole like uh, showing love to the horror things. I just hope that it it gets enough support and can be a thing. Yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. I think that there will be. I think no matter what, there will be enough support in the sense that I think there's so many horror games like on a medium and small level all the time. It's just how many Mortal Kombat could be shown here too. I guess there. Because that's like horror gory thing. It's like they. I don't know. think it's widely considered like that, so I don't think it could. But I do. Okay. I do see what you're saying, but I don't think I. I feel like they're just going to show first person, third person kind of games. Like I don't mm-hmm. even think you'll see something top. Like I don't think you'd see something with a horror aesthetic. I think like horror is a genre of game, if that makes sense. Like not just. Yeah, no, aesthetic. I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, okay. So. Yeah. We'll see. I'm excited to see whatever it becomes. Did they say who's hosting it they or didn't. anything like that? But no matter right, what, so I mean, throw my, it'll be fun. I'll throw my hat in there. I'll, I'll, I'll host this I'll shit. I'll be interested to see voting across 15 different categories. I'll be interested in two things. One, what the categories are. And then number two, is it going to be some bullshit like <laughs> game awards where it's just definitely like fucking paid shill sponsored kind of categories? Keely's been good about it though recently. Well, Keely's good, but there's no way some of those categories, like the what was winning and what was not winning, there's no fucking way. In the beginning, in the early ones, like I'd the, say like last the year. you think like main awards? I think like the ones that like Sid Goodman oh, yeah, does yeah, yeah. before. Agreed. Those are all very much like wow, look, it's fucking mm. the Doritos, the Doritos award in Fortnite won it again. Yeah. I wonder how that happened. Agreed. But yeah, I think those, but I think that the regular events of the show, sometimes there's the cutaway. Who doesn't miss the fucking, uh, the shaver, like the, the, the shaving cream, like mascot guy. I remember he was a big, big hit. Trey as indie game of the year over Sifu. Are you kidding me? But that's, I don't blame the game wars. I blame the people that they pick as their like voting pool. Yeah, I guess I would agree with that too. So Keely needs to open up his eyes. He needs to. Throw go for bronze, two votes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how how they do it. I mean, I'm sure they have some kind of formula, but some bullshit nonetheless. But I, yeah, I'm, I think it's literally they just they pick they have like they just pick people. I'm curious what we'll see for the horror game awards, but I'm also curious, like even in terms of categories and what people are voting for, what would be there except for Dead Space or Resident Evil Four? Hopefully, Amnesia Bunker, if that comes out, 
I'm really excited Silent for that. Hill 2. I don't think Silent Hill 2 will come out before September. Oh, yeah, no. I think Silent I Hill 2 might be this year. I do think, like, you know, on our... Layers of Fear. If you go, yeah, Layers of Fear, of course, will be there. If you go back and listen to our estimate for what will be coming out this year, I definitely do think Silent Hill 2 will come out towards the end of this year, but I don't think it'll be mm-hmm. before September. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So... We're just going to see again. There's going to be tons of these showcases and we're going to find out more. And I kind of wanted to wrap up with what could be kind of the biggest thing, you know, in in a lot of people's eyes for games. And we kind of spoke about them a little bit early in terms of what we're really interested to see with PlayStation. They a lot of times they can team with them. So maybe we'll see some stuff from them next week. So take two. Uh, there was a earnings press conference where CEO Strauss Zelnick basically was fielding some questions and kind of went over a couple of different things. And so I kind of pulled out um, some just interesting like tidbits from that. So in the coming year, uh, CEO saying that the coming year should include 16 games. And, and this is including a new IP from a premier studio. Specifically, when I say in the coming year, I mean through April 2024. So not actually next fiscal year. They're saying they should be 16 games between now and April 2024. Three of these specifically, they mentioned one is NBA 2K24, one is WWE 2K24, and the other one is a new IP from a premier studio. The other 13 they didn't like talk about, but there should be 16 total. The premier studio, could Hangar not be working on Mafia? The premier studio, first of all, could be a lot of different ones. My first guess is that, I mean... It wouldn't make sense timeline-wise unless it gets pushed up, but that could be Judas. That is a new IP from a Premiere Studio. Uh, but when I think of Premiere Studio, I think more similar to what you're saying, where I think of a studio who's made a game or like released one. Because, yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Like the 2K team that makes Borderlands, maybe they make. I would, I would love for Gearbox to get the fuck off Borderlands and, and try something. You know new. they won't though, because they already said Tiny Tina. They're gonna make into its own franchise. Jesus Christ. Well, maybe they can make like have tiny, like, you know how they had, like, they're going to try. I, what it's, what it looked <laughs> like it was going to be, what it looked like it was going to be is they're going to make a Borderlands game and then they're going to make a Tiny Tina mm-hmm. game and go back and forth. Maybe cut Borderlands out, this new IP, then Tiny Tina. Yeah. I mean, definitely possible. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too sure exactly what that new IP is going to be. So, with that, though, there is a little bit more that uh, Strauss Zelnick talked about. He basically talked about in the next fiscal year. So that would be April 2024 to March 2025. He, his expectation for kind of like bookings is $8 billion, which is a ton. So I think him saying that has led people to kind of think like, okay, well, maybe GTA 6 is going to fall in that fiscal year. Now, mm-hmm. when he was asked about if it was specifically GTA 6 that would fall in that fiscal year, he kind of basically gave a well-media-trained kind of answer of, well, we believe we have plenty of titles that could live up to that expectation. So he didn't say yes or no. But I also a- agree from just an analytical standpoint, I, th- I mean, that's their biggest ticket item. So I would imagine that is going to be where they, wherever they have their projected income being the highest, I think that's when GTA 6 would come out. But even if it did come out then, we might see it soon. I mean, a year out is not really that crazy. And so the other thing that he did speak about is he spoke a little bit about how games take longer to be developed. And he was speaking about their kind of high quality bar 
for their games and also people working remotely from home. And what this has led to is them uh, basically cutting and or delaying unannounced games to help with efficiency. So I think this is something that we talked about earlier, like even with Ubisoft, where it's like these games, or we also even talked about this with Deviation, like we don't know what's happening at Deviation, but it seems like we're in an era now where there these studios and publishers are waiting until closer to they think the game is going to come out to announce it and then release it because a lot of times they will start production on certain projects and then just cut them midway for whatever the reason is maybe they don't believe fully that it's going to come out high quality or what the case is but i do think a positive way of looking at this is i do think games take a little bit too long to come out so i think maybe just i would rather have less games like in in my mind in the future but a steady pace of games coming out rather than be like oh we're gonna get a hundred games in a couple of years when realistically we're never gonna get any of those if that makes sense i'd rather get a smaller total number but we actually get them and they're higher quality as well yeah you like the quality bar i think that that's what the that's what the great publishers do like they'll they'll cut a project out because they know if there's a bad game that's released under the 2k brand then that you know that brand's that's on 2k so the next 2k game that comes out even if it is of high quality people are going to be like uh is it going to be good they released it at dud that's the first thing every time you start up a one of those games the first thing you see is the red logo with the white 2k Mm -hmm. so you don't want anything negative associated with your brand because then that you know that transcends into sales and then that transcends into you know you you take less risk because there's not belief behind the publisher that's why i think the playstation ip does so well because there's people bought into the idea of just a playstation game not even necessarily a specific studio mm-hmm. or i mean there's also a style that they all kind of follow but it's it's behind that you see a playstation published game you know it's going to be good there's people that are going to buy in i'm i'm somebody that nine times out of ten are probably going to buy in if it's a playstation published game i mean it it dates back to when nintendo started putting the nintendo seal of quality on their cartridges i mean i remember being a little kid and seeing that of course at the time i had no clue but growing older we know that there was a time where there would be so many things released on those in that generation that were just kind of like shovelware i'd be on uh, these shelves but nobody would want it be trash games so nintendo started putting a gold seal on their stickers for their games was just the seal of quality and you knew it was going to be good and nintendo releases good shit so i agree exactly with what you're saying if it's a playstation game yeah i mean you can pretty much be assured that it's going to be good at worst it's going to be like great normally yeah and i mean also playstation did this too they can't they cut games there was mm-hmm. apparently a project that was made in between um infamous second son and ghost wire and uh ghost of tsushima at um sucker punch there's like leaked footage of it. The game, I think, was pro- like its project name was Prodigy or something. Mm-hmm. And it, and they just cut the project because it just didn't work out. We also heard about the famous Santa Monica space sci-fi setting kind of game that didn't work out as well. So if you're a good publisher, you got to make hard decisions sometimes. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think it's much better to cut those before anyone sees them than have them released. And then people be like, well, I don't know if they're going to be able to come back. Have them release. That. And then you get Redfall. Yeah, agreed. But a lot of really exciting things coming up. Yeah, no, I think next week is definitely going to be very fun. Shit, tomorrow. To tomorrow morning. Tomorrow. It's going to start. Yeah, it's going to start tomorrow morning. So the news is going to start coming. And like you said, it's going to just be 
This is gonna be nonstop. Them young boys, them young boys, they coming. <laughs> young boys coming. <laughs> Crazy. And the great words of Chuck, the goat. Shaped like a Sir Charles Barkley. He shaped like two basketballs. He looked built like a snowman. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Man, yeah, Charles Barkley, good shit. But I that's crazy. Yeah, I am. I guess I need to eat. Getting kind of hungry. I'm about to say yeah. We, I mean, we're we're about to wrap up the show here. We went almost two hours, I think, or around two hours. I'm not quite sure when the editing out here if it's going to be two hours. But yeah, it's going to be around two hours of a mm-hmm. show. So if you said if you stayed all the way through and listened to the very end, we we appreciate you greatly. And we hope to see you back here next week. Mm -hmm. Take care. Bye-bye.